What's up, True Heel? He True Heel? What's up? True Heel Heel? Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for our WWE Royal Rumble 2024 review. We are here to discuss the first premium live event of 2024 for WWE and Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to discuss about the show, a lot to discuss about the post-show press conference. So I am joined by my esteemed colleagues here. First up, we got the marijuana enthusiast himself, the three-time, three-time, three-time baby-making champion. This is Ness. True Heels, what is the deal? Glad to be back on another review show with my good brothers. Uh it's a lot to talk about, and as somebody should have took note, a lot of things that we probably shouldn't talk about, but all in all, it's going to be a great review. <laughs> I am sure the True Hill Heat spokesperson talked to us a lot more than they talked to Triple H last night. Oh. Uh, and so to do that, we have to bring in our lawyer as well. He is the man of a thousand and four numbers. He is Stat King. What's going on, guys? It's my first time on uh... On, on a WWE related True Hill Heat review since uh, 2020, mid 2020. But you know, like they said, or like, not they, but like uh, one of my one of my top ten dead or alive once said, I can't make change sitting on a couch in Chicago. But apparently, apparently I could because Vince resigned, and now I'm, I, I saw I saw a little bit of the change that I was looking for. I'm finally back. So a little bit of the change. Punk was back and Vince McMahon left. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. Listen, I, I, I asked I asked for change, and they gave me some change. So here we go. That is fair. I am sure uh, more folks will be joining us shortly to talk about WWE Raw Rumble. And I, and, and I said the words, and it's like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Someone has arrived joining us. My, my new, like, now now more of a, a more of a usual co-host than my other co-host of the true hill he flagship podcast he is mr clutch the true draw josh what the fuck john is here yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love that reaction that was the best reaction how you doing josh yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. He's got to wear that shirt of all days. Of all the days. Oh wait, Colleen. (laughs) We got, we got a bunch of. I got that shirt too. (laughs) We got a bunch of people already joining us in the chat. Remember to drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And, of course, sound off in the live chat. We appreciate y'all all for joining us live. So we'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But, of course, if you're feeling generous, you want to give back to what we do here, you can send a super chat donation. That is also important to what we do here. We're a self-funded channel. So every little bit goes back to the contributors that you see on screen with us here. 
And we got Eric Isaacs already in the chat saying, what's up, kings and queens? We also got uh, Vala B in the chat who says, I heard the stadium is famous for bad acoustics before, but some parts really were, were almost like no one was there. I literally were questioning because uh, one of my big nitpicks of uh, Dynamite this week for anyone that watched AE Ramble was the AEW did that, what, 10,000 seat building and only got like 2,000 people in it. So when they were quiet, it felt really quiet. But at times during the show, I questioned, what's worse? Having 2,000 people in a 10,000-seat building or having a sold-out 48,000 who are completely quiet? Because that shit felt like a library during parts of both Rumbles. Yeah, having a, that many people and they're just quiet, I think that's a little bit worse. Not even trying to like pick sides because you don't have that many people, obviously it's going to be quiet. But when you have that many people and they're quiet, that's kind of bad. Yeah, it just, it just was just shocking how quiet at times the, 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 the crowd was uh, during the show. And we'll get into that during each of the matches. Uh, we got Christopher Cooper in the chat saying good morning, everyone. We got the Smart Psychology podcast in the chat saying sup, True Hill Heat fam. He also saying uh, Vince was looking at the Rumble looking for new names for his new toy. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Uh, we got, he also says the crowd was turned down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, King Ellie, who apparently was in the in the crowd, who says, hey, guys, uh, see a lot of people hating on the crowd was there. Uh, live crowd was great. I guess it didn't translate to TV. Um, mm, that shit, that, that was shit. Yeah. It, it was shit. The crowd sucked. I mean, I don't expect it from Tropicana. Tropicana is a dump of a stadium anyway. So it was like. I didn't expect much from from there, regardless. That is fair. That is fair. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it just didn't translate at all. Or maybe I mean, y'all guys were loud at certain points. So if you meant that, that oh yeah, it was great at that certain point, at that certain point, at that certain point, it was not great for a like duration for a stretch of the show. Like y'all had pockets. I couldn't say y'all gave a good reaction to the women's rumble. Or the men's rumble. Like, if it was just judging by the crowd, Not at all. I think that both rumbles were pretty much even if you're basing it on the on the crowd. But, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we got RP Jesus who says, morning, fellas. We also got Jacob who says, the, the McMahon stuff definitely had the crowd uh, bummed out. I don't even think it was that. Yeah, I just think that... Yeah. that no, wasn't that. I just think that in the, the, the one rumble was very very well laid out in that they know that most rumbles you got to start hot and you got to finish hot and that's what one of the rumbles did the other rumble just felt like just poor booking and that's why the crowd was just tired it was fucking it was nearly 11 o'clock when that men's rumble started most of those people were there since like five o'clock in the afternoon to get into their seats so it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of aspects that was to the crowd, and I can't just say Vince McMahon because if it was if it was the McMahon stuff, then that crowd would have been dead from the beginning. Yeah. But, or they wouldn't have shown up at all. Get into the actual show. <laughs> One word to give your overall thoughts on WWE. Royal Rumble uh, 2024, and then I think that we'll start. We're not going to start with the show itself. 
we're actually going to go in reverse and we're going to start with the press conference because I, I I have a lot of that's fair that's fair i think that we got to get that out of the way first but to give it a little bit of a touch of what we thought about the show one word to give your overall thoughts nets uh so i'm not gonna go with a word i'm gonna go with a, um just like i guess like a phrase i'm gonna say mixed feelings i have mixed feelings about it uh the stacking i'm gonna go with decent i think it uh had had some good spots good moments but just and a lot of that was part of the crowd, but I would just say decent. Uh, Josh? Uh, I'm actually with Ness. It's pretty mixed overall show. Yeah, I like, I it was very up and down, up and down. And literally, it was one of those shows where I did not really know how I felt. And then after the press conference, I definitely needed to rewatch like parts of both Rumbles to be like, like, like I had a per like I think it was like what like thirty minutes into the women's Royal Rumble I messaged all of y'all like is it just me or is this match bad, and like and like it picked up at the end and it turned around and it became a better matchup and then the men's Rumble there was times I was fucking tired I, I've been I was up since like seven o'clock in the morning I was fucking tired and man they just had a they had a boring stretch in both fucking rumbles the middle yeah, portion sure. you see how poorly they've booked this mid card like with the middle portion yeah. both rumbles you know but you know it's a problem too and i've noticed this for a while is that it's it's kind of like they have the crowd waiting for like a big this big surprise yeah. or big reaction that they want and then when it when it doesn't come about then it's like it feels flat for me yeah because because like because even like number 30 Royal, both almost for number 30 was flat the Royal rumble is known for pops and returns so if you don't deliver that like i understand yeah everybody's like there's some people who are going to be apologists about it and be like oh it was a nice change of pace that they didn't have like any legends or any returns like that that they kept it mm. to the active roster yeah that's sometimes nice if your active roster is fucking over I think that part, uh, and also if you're going to do those, if you're counting on certain returns or debuts, however you want to term them, to be uh, pop moments, then you kind of need to spread them out to, you know, if you're going to have Naomi come in when she does, then maybe move Jordan Grace a little bit further down. Yeah. Just because you're, sand you're, you're sandwiching, you're sandwiching too much. Yeah, the, the, the real issue, and like we're going into the show a little bit, but I'll just say it. The men's rumble, it fucking struggled because no one who realistically could win came out until number 15. Like, like yeah. that that shit was like you had the pop early on for Andrade. Carmelo came out. He didn't really get a pop because he's like on the main roster at this point. Mm. And then you had a nice little spot with Santos. And then I couldn't tell you what, what the fuck happened. Like I I I remember a few things like Carrie and Cross coming out to no fucking reaction. There were a couple uh, people that if you want to even acknowledge no that shit. <laughs> there were a couple people that came out to no reaction. No fucking reaction. Like it was it was like like the women's rumor was when I noticed it because it was the first match of the show, and I'm just like, God damn, this crowd's dead already. What yeah. the fuck happened? The show just started. Yeah, but like yeah, it's, it's like, it's a couple of different things. Like, with the Women's Rumble, it's more like the music choices are horrible. All of these women have the same song, just with different instruments in different places. And Candice LeRae, I'm sorry. That music worked for you when you were a heel on NXT. It does not work for a babyface on the main roster. That I'm like, what the fuck is that? 
Like, that is not a babyface theme song. Like, there was just so many things that were just bothering me with that Women's Raw Rumble as far as, like, the entrances and the crowd being dead. And then it picked up with Jade. I see a bunch of people. Yeah, it had. But then also, too, what bothered me about the match, too, is that there was a few botches that were kind of like, oh, it started becoming too noticeable. We're going to get into it when we actually talk about the matchup because I will all the botches I just describe as the Maxine Dupree portion of the show. Um, (laughs) Dude, dude, (laughs) this is one of the few WWE shows that I was actively messaging with Jimmy McElroy. And Jimmy McElroy had the best line ever when I was talking about how, how bad Maxine Dupree was. He was like, God bless Maxine. If she was, if she wasn't a pretty face, she'd be flipping fit hamburgers. And I was like, I, I nearly dropped my phone. I nearly dropped my phone. She'd be She's, flipping uh, hamburgers. If bro, she commentary. Even Michael Cole over was selling her like, oh, the most, like the, I think he said something about like the most, like improved or and then some shit like that. Right, like, right after that, I was like, yeah. is this motherfucker serious? I was like, I was like oh, oh no. Geez. She needs to be enrolled in remedial classes at Alpha Academy. Got it. Yo, it was just like, oh my god, this is like you're not good in the ring, and then you're a big show doing the yes movement chance because you're just using Gable's gimmick to fucking get a reaction from the fans. But I'm I'm glad I got that out the way, so I won't have to butcher it too much when we actually talk about the matchup. But I, there's someone else I wanted to butcher. Let's talk about this press conference after <laughs> because there was a lot of talk. About the press conference, and you guys can continue, uh, you know, sounding off in the live chat. We'll highlight a bunch of your comments, we'll read the ones out if you send a super chat donation, but we'll highlight a bunch of your uh comments here. But yeah, that press conference, there was a lot of talk about uh, if WWE would even do it at all, uh, because of the news of this man's departure, stepping down from the company for a second time following the horrific allegations that was in the lawsuit by uh. Miss Grant, the former WWE staffer. And yeah, so Triple H did the press conference. Uh there was there was a lot a lot more talk as far as like criticism. It felt like it was to the first person who asked the question. And shouts out to Emily May, who's a very nice, a nice person, and she was put in an and a spot that nobody probably wanted at that time to do that first question. And she asked about Netflix and it's a big, it's a big news item for the week, but we did get the questions that we wanted from John Alba. Shout outs to John, who we've interviewed had on the channel before cam Hawkins, who we've asked also had on the channel before and Brandon Thurston back to back to back. Jesus fucking Christ. Did y'all put triple H in a fucking roaster. Y'all put him in a roll. How did y'all, how did WWE media let that be the, the fucking succession of questions? Like, first of all, John Alba, John Alba is an actual journalist who's won a fucking Emmy. So you know he's going to act. So I don't even know why you had him act. You smartly did not ask Nick Houseman, who Nick Houseman knew he was only going to get one question. So he set it up to Cody and he did it eloquently and he did it very well i want to give him credit for that john's question was very well done uh cam's question was the best it was very eloquently said and it put it and it put triple h in a place where he could have talked about how things are and that is good but how things are going to get better and he did none of that shit the cam's question his answer was everything we'll do everything to keep them safe 
That's as that's as bad as is as Tony Khan saying AEW is the safest place in in wrestling. <laughs> that's as bad. But then it got worse when they asked him, "Did you read the lawsuit?" And he said, "In front of millions on Peacock, thousands on YouTube, and you can go back and watch it." He said, I didn't read the lawsuit. Ladies and gentlemen, we just saw public negligence in front of our eyes. Like, maybe John can explain it better than me, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's like him admitting negligence. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm asking you for a I was like, all right. I'm just wondering when. I'm, I, look, I'm like our truth. I'm just wondering when I'm getting tagged in. Uh, so. Um, Hunter, I don't know if it's necessarily because it, it, I, I saw I haven't fully watched the entirety of uh the press conference yet. I saw the Cody part, um, I haven't watched the, the Hunter Hunter's part yet. But for people expecting or people thinking that Hunter was going to say anything that meant anything, he absolutely was not going to because you got to remember that a lot of people are forgetting that in the lawsuit, they're maybe thinking that it's only against Vince McMahon. It's not. It's There are multiple counts that are against WWE itself. WWE is a named defendant. He is an executive for that company. If anything that he says, especially live on air with WWE logos behind him, is tantamount to an admission. And it would be admissible. They could play that clip or read the audio transcript, enter it into evidence in court as part of a, a motion, part of a filing, and in court or during a deposition. So he's not going to say anything that's going to, 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 to put the company in any form of a bad light. That being said, the idea of admitting that you didn't read the lawsuit. Now I did see I did see a quote and like I said I didn't watch it so I don't know how accurate that quote is. But the quote that I saw was I did not read it and like Cody said we were finding it out live. So the way it was phrased to me read I didn't read the actual filing because we were busy and also I was finding out about the information live not necessarily that he has not read the document but that he didn't read it as it was coming out, which he but, may need to clarify. Cody, he, may, but, he may need to clarify that. But Cody said he read it. He read the same thing that everybody else read. Right. Cody never said, I didn't read the lawsuit. Right, like, right, like right, that's, right, right. That, that's my thing. Like it's, it's, all, it's all the terminology because you could say whatever you want after, after you say lawsuit, but I'm just going to get that quote. Of I'm course, just getting that quote. <laughs> right, which is why, I'm, which is why I'm saying he should clarify what he meant by saying I did not read it. I'm, I'm pretty sure Hunter's read it. I'm interested to see whether or not the legal team was just like, "Don't say you, you read it," because there's a there's an there's an argument to be made that if he has not read the document, he does not know the full allegations. Therefore, he is somewhat insulated <laughs> from the idea of having to to speak. However. If he were to be deposed, because more than likely he's going to get deposed, unless they try to just settle this as quickly as possible. Uh, if he were to get deposed and or asked questions in open court, they're going to put the fucking lawsuit in front of him and say, to refresh your memory, if you have not, please read lines, whatever, you know, uh, line 35, and then he reads whatever it is. So at some point in time, he will have read the document, but... 
for anybody expecting that he was going to, uh, you know, reveal anything or, or go anything like that, I hate to break it to you, but the company he works for is a named defendant. He's one of the top executives. He ain't saying the same shit. No, like that. That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting him to say no comment, right? Or the, or, his me- or, or the WWE media and legal department being there when the media gets in the room and saying we will not be answering any questions regarding Visic Man or the lawsuit. It's pretty I, simple. I you you have two options, yeah. and you chose option C, which was go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ness, what did you think about Triple H's uh, response in the press? Yeah. Um, so honestly, I honestly I didn't expect anyone to ask those questions because, just like you said, I thought that they would be, you know, off air. We're not talking about none of that shit, so don't ask us. You know, like I figured, I read the room, but clearly other people did it. Um, and then, like I said, the the responses is just it's just funny. Um, I said something to our group chat earlier that, you know, people eviscerate Tony Khan for these type of responses with, you know, the brawl out and things of that nature. And now those same people or jumped on the other side of the fence. Like, what do you expect him to say? And there's things of that nature. I'm like, no, the same energy you had for another high ranking or owner um, official in a a, uh, wrestling promotion handling behind the scene things with legal matters you want him to speak on it but you don't want this guy to speak on it and you're giving them you know giving them all the passes in the world and you know that's what's funny with wrestling fans they don't ever keep the same energy but um also i i i would have rather him just say i'm not speaking on it or no comment if, like all the oh i'm just here to focus on the positives you, yeah. I mean, I get that, but you yo, I put that on it. We got, we got to put that on the t-shirt, y'all. Yeah, let's, just, let's, let's, let's just, let's just focus on. I'm the just here to focus on the positive. There's no way you can focus on the positive only. It's been, a, it's been an amazing this. week. Yeah, like I, I get it. You know, five billion dollars. Was it five billion dollars? Uh, deal with Netflix. That's amazing. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking anything like that away from them, but. You have this big, dark fucking cloud over you of Vince McMahon, regardless of if he's away from the company now, resigning for the twice, for the second time within like a, a year. Um, it's it's there. The information is there. On top of the fact, you guys, you know, it's funny because you guys are like, you know, he's saying that he doesn't. I don't think he needed to read the lawsuit because he knows these motherfuckers guilty. He knows he's guilty. <laughs> he's, he's they're all in on this shit. So well, there are there are some there are some really. There are, some, there are some really but again fun. that's just my my silliness but um yeah i i felt like he gave the political answers that you know were going to be warranted but it was just better off if he would have just said i'm not answering that or i'm or or legally i can't answer that you know it's, it would it would probably be received better by putting the legal part out of like oh okay now i really can't go into that versus i just don't want to go into that type of thing yeah yeah that thank you that that's where i think i'm I really that bothered me that he really just said i don't want to get into that like yeah. it wasn't that i can't get into that i don't right. want to i rather focus on this and bobby means i don't know if this is a, like a sarcastic comment like you're trying to be funny because i think john really kind of explained it very well that triple h is definitely involved in this he, oh, why, well, he says, why is Triple H's name uh, even coming up? He has nothing to do with it. 
he is no, the representative of there's, the company. And he does. There is names some, involved. Yeah, yeah. There's some really, there are some really fun theories that Hunter is WWE executive uh, number one in the, yeah. in the lawsuit. I, I saw, I saw a lot of people put it together how he's corporate corporate officer number one in the yeah. in the and corporate officer like I, I was explaining yesterday on True Hill Heat. Corporate officer number one, it's not like he was in the room or anything. But right. I said and I explained, and Josh was here that you're almost you're not you're not as bad as the people behind the door doing all the nasty stuff. But if you're the guy walking past the door and you hear all the nasty stuff and you keep walking, you're almost as bad. And that was what corporate officer number one sounds like. Yeah. Josh. What's your thoughts on what Triple H had to say? I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I I didn't expect him to say anything. I just thought the way he laid it out should have been better. Um, especially the first one, especially the first question when he was just like, you know, this week was a great week. Like he was like, oh, I'm just gonna focus on the positive. Um, I thought that was a little weird. Um, but I do agree that he should have worded it better. You know say like you know legally he couldn't talk about it or just you know that everything is still fresh everything is still new so you know he was going to stay away from it you know i think that would have been more presentable um but as far as uh, people actually thinking triple h has nothing to do with it i mean it's the company it's the company is involved in the lawsuit uh there were major titles that were mentioned in the lawsuit and pretty sure one of them is his like and there's a breakdown to it it says you know chief brand officer number one number two number three number four so you're talking about multiple people that were answered without the names and he's obviously part of it um he's the closest to vince so i mean of course he's gonna, he's gonna get those kind of answers i mean this is something i was talking to somebody yesterday about you know they're trying to like hype this up about like oh day one without mr mcmahon and they're showing the video triple h walking to the arena and i had to tell them i was like uh i i was just like i probably could i probably would have you wait to try to like brag about anything with triple h as of right now because he could still get it's a very small chance he could still get the boot himself if he's not only involved but he didn't do nothing to stop what was going on that's just the reality of the situation and you know the person was like, you know, of course they're gonna be a big Triple H. They're a big Triple H fan, so they're gonna find every way to say, "Oh, I doubt he knew anything." I'm like, "You doubt he knew anything? Are we gonna really go there and doubt anything?" I was like, "No, there's no fucking way you could tell me he didn't know I, anything." I would, I would just be like, "Sir, I I don't trust your judgment." <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're hearing we're hearing information about that this uh, Vince's activities, not specifically this. But Vince's activities in general are one of the big issues of falling out between himself and Shane. If that, yeah. if, if Shane knew what was going on, or Shane had even from past stuff, Hunter knew what was going on. Like there's exactly. no. And I think that's where, and I think that's where a lot of people kind of fall flat with. There's like, yeah, you could be a fan for somebody, but it's like you also have to acknowledge, like, if they did bad shit or something is wrong, you you have to accept that. It's and, just, you know, we and, could look and, up to people, you know, like we could look up to people, we could be fans of somebody, but if they do bad shit, that doesn't exclude them from like somebody who's not as higher or who's a regular ass person, you know, like we'll be judgmental to them, right? Like if somebody did like the same shit, 
like if somebody that we knew, like say like if it was one of our family members and they did what Vince is claiming to do, we'll, you know, right? They'll get a fucking, you know, they'll get a fucking lecture. They'll get fucking scolded for life. But someone like Vince, oh, because he's done so much in the business, he gets a pass. That's, I feel like Triple H is getting that same treatment right now, too. That's yeah. the other thing. You want to talk about, you know, uh, like I was saying before about Shane may have known. Stephanie refuses to have anything to do with the company, and that's her husband. You don't think she's asked him or talked to him about this? Like, there has he has to know something. So I, I, yeah. I, um, I would, I mean... I'm not going to say outright that they do, but I'm not going to be surprised when we find out if we find out Stephanie, Shane, Triple H knew about all this stuff. Like the whole thing about Shane leaving and not wanting to become like his dad. That sounds believable. But at the same time, Shane has his own skeletons in the in the closet himself. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like it's just like with, with um, Stephanie leaving, like, you know, she left. Vince went left the first time. You know, she came back. He came. He comes back. She leaves again. Like it's, it's kind of telling. It is kind of. It's very telling, actually. Yeah, it's just like we we gotta. We, but we all let's just gotta be honest with a situation. If someone handles a situation like. I think that, 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 that I I know there was like a little bit of a, like a, a riff or a little bit of a debate at the end of uh, last night last uh, night's watch along because I was in the chat and I know Top Guy JJ disagreed with me but there is a there is a, there is a case of a situation being a lose lose or a damned if you di if damned if you do damned if you don't and then you make decisions that are completely horrible. Like, there is a situation that you could be in a damned if you do, damned if you don't, and then you choose the worst possible option, and that's what happened last night. Yes, it may have been damned if you do, damned if you don't, but don't sit here and act like Triple H did not make the worst possible decisions and have the worst possible answers. There's a not, and the people that are comparing the two and saying that, oh, Tony Khan gave non-answers at AEW World's End, Triple H gave non-answers at at a Royal Rumble. No, Tony Khan did give non-answers. He did. Triple H did not. He said stuff that he shouldn't have said. That is that is like that is very clear to everyone who has common sense. And I'm not I'm not, you know, Tony Khan's not the uh not my most favorite person right now recently the past couple of years, but at the same time, there's a large difference between these two situations for anyone trying to compare and contrast them then the biggest difference is that one is internet rumors and one is a filed lawsuit. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because we, pe people, people would get upset and be like, oh, you're, you're being AEW biased if I said it. So I just, I needed the lawyer to say that. Oh no. And I have, I have at this point, I have zero AEW bias. So <laughs> if I'm saying it, it means something. Look, he's back on a WWE review. When the fuck exactly, have you ever seen him exactly. Here? <laughs> exactly, man. This man's a homer now. He's, he's, he's trying, he's trying to get retainer from WWE right now. Uh, yeah. And he fucking great, lied great. to, because he said he was not going back even when Punk came back and he came back last night. No, I didn't. Full of shit. You full how of did shit. I, wait, how I did got, I, if I, I got hold whoa, whoa, whoa. I got proof. If I, I got proof. Back, I got I got the receipt. I got the receipt. If I came back, if I, I came back when if I came back when Funk came back, I would have been watching Raws all this time. Oh, no, don't 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 try to pull that with me because he's only been like on three Raws, all right? Don't try to pull I that with me. I don't even know how many Raws he's been on. <laughs> 
Uh, we got uh, smart psychology saying hell. Linda knowing and not saying anything is wild. A lot of this, a lot of this is wild. I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean to be, I mean to be very blunt. I mean, Linda's a dumbass to begin with. I mean, that's why she loses. I mean, that's why she loses in her Republican races. So, I mean, do we expect anything different from Linda at this point? Yeah, that's that's also true. She she worked with Trump. Um, but yes, keep sounding off in the live chat. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments. You can send those super chat donations. Those help out so, so much. But let's get into the actual Royal Rumble show now. As uh, we had Hulk Hogan to start us off talking about how important Terrible. this part of the country is to wrestling. It's like, it's like, oh, fuck me. Like, it's like you got all this disadvantage and then you start off, the show with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I was close. I was close to turn off the TV. I was this close. Uh, he says, as there are so many people from Florida who made a big difference in wrestling, now it's time for the Raw Rumble and the path to WrestleMania, but you have to go through a lot to get there. Just like last year, we kicked out the show with Pat McAfee returning as a special commentator. Just like last year, Corey Graves is upset. Michael Cole is happy. He pushes over uh, Corey Graves and joins the commentary team for the women's Royal Rumble matchup. Coming in at number one is Natalia to uh, polite golf claps. And then we get a first return surprise of the night. Naomi, a.k.a. Trinity, returning with I'm a May, yay, 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 zing. She even gets a nice welcome back chant when in the ring. We get Cole talking up her, her time outside of WWE, talking about her winning the TNA Knockouts World Championship while she was gone from WWE. And that was the first red herring. I was like, oh, that rumor is correct. Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, Natalia knocks her down. Uh, Naomi is quickly up with the Hurricane Rada. She is the uh, the rear view at another point. Baseball, uh, baseball, basement drop, excuse me, drops uh, Natalia. And then Bailey comes in at number six, like she's Ric Flair uh, in the 1992 Royal Rumble, joining up with, with Naomi and Natalia. You get Candice LeRae at number four, coming out to complete silence because her awful theme song. And then you get a good reaction for TNA Knockouts World Champion Jordan Grace. And she instantly comes in, starts running over people, showing that power, showing that strength. She has a moment with Naomi where they hug and then they start slugging it out with one another, ending with Grace hitting the juggernaut driver on Naomi. You get Indy Hartwell come out at number six. She has a little moment teaming up with Candice LeRae and doing the way. Uh, high five to no reaction at all. Uh, number seven is Asuka. Bailey is very confused by this entry. Then we get Ivy Nile at number eight. Uh, she comes in uh, showing off her power for a bit here. We get Katana Chance at number nine. And then we finally get another star in this one in Bianca Belair. She comes in showing off her athleticism, hits a blockbuster on the members of Damage Control. It's a little moon, a standing moonsault on a couple of the other ladies. Uh, number 11 is Kyrie Sane, who completes the Damage Control uh, three uh, trio here in the matchup. You get Tegan Knox at number 11. 
Uh, this is when I was getting really bored at this point. I could tell by my writing. It's getting a lot sloppier. Caden uh, Carter, <laughs> number 13. Uh, Chelsea Green at number 14. She's almost eliminated just as fast as she was last year, and she starts bragging that she's doing so well. We get uh, Kyrie with a nice little Spider-Man trying to keep the train cars together. A moment on the, on the apron here, holding on for dear life, and then I don't know what she was holding on to, but it was very nice how long she was able to do that and then she's finally eliminated we get piper niven coming in she saves uh chelsea green from being eliminated you get zaya lee at number 16 zelena vega at number 17 and oh dear lord maxine dupree comes in at 18 and this fucking died a death <laughs> this fucking match this fucking match like this is the point that i text everybody i'm like Oh my god, is this is this match not good? Like, am I the only one? What is fucking going on? That hurt that head scissors is one of the worst things I have ever seen in a professional wrestling ring. Almost as bad as her reverse worm that she did the wrong way. Oh my god. I was like, what am I fucking watching? I don't want to watch it anymore. Um, we get Ivy now and Jordan Grace. They get a moment where they do uh, double suplexes showing off their power, and then they have an exchange. You get Bianca Belair and Jordan Grace having a great little sequence with, between each other, ending with, uh, with Bianca Belair hitting the KOD on the apron to eliminate Jordan Grace. And I was like, yeah, this, this match is going to fall off after this one. Uh, you get Nia Jax at number 19. She uh, she tries to get eliminated. They try to eliminate her very quickly, but she starts ragdolling people, eliminating folks, uh, showing off her power when they try to all eliminate her at one time. We get uh, number 21. Uh, number 20 is Shotzi. Number 21 is Becky Lynch, who comes out to a great reaction. Alba Fire is number 22, Shayna Baszler at 23, and then we get uh, Bahala at number four, but she is, she comes out with the antlers, and Michael Cole is marking out, and then R-Truth music hits, and he runs past <laughs> Bahala, runs into the ring, and he says, where's all the guys at? And Nia Jax eliminates him. Uh, Adam Pierce and Valhalla yell at him. Valhalla gets in the ring, and she's immediately eliminated by Nia Jax, tying the record for shortest time in a women's Royal Rumble matchup. You get Meechin at number 25. You get uh, uh, Zoe Stark at number 26. Like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, a lot of these women coming in, and I'm just like, fuck. Is anyone over? Can we get someone that's over? There was just so, so many instances. I'm just like, okay, this person isn't over. This person isn't over. This feels like a long stretch without anyone being over. Uh, Roxanne Perez is number uh, 27. And then we get number 28 after Nia Jax went on a dominant run, getting a, a eight eliminations. It is now Jade Cargill time at number 28, and she gets a great reaction from the fans. She comes in, instantly goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nia Jax, picks her up with ease into a into a uh, fireman's carry, and then single-handedly uh, drops her, and then tosses her out by herself, body-slamming her out of the ring. You get the great reaction from Becky Lynch laughing at Nia. Then we get Tiffany Stratton coming in at number 29, making her main roster debut. And then number 30, 
is the returning Liv Morgan. She comes out to a good reaction as well. And then the final stretch of this matchup was really well done. You get a sequence where you get Bianca and Jade showing off their power with power slams on Becky and Liv. Then we get the stare down and probably the biggest pop of the entire matchup when Bianca and Jade go toe-to-toe, face-to-face with one another. They have a little exchange here that really just tease a WrestleMania match waiting to happen, like I mentioned earlier on True Hill Heat yesterday. Then we get the final seven where you get Jade eliminating both Naomi and Becky Lynch single-handedly. Then you get Bailey taking advantage of Tiffany Stratton, holding on to Bianca Belair's uh, braid and kicking both ladies out of the ring. And then we get our final three, Liv Morgan, Jade Cargill, and Bailey. We get a nice little uh, like three, three to four minute sequence between these ladies fighting it out on the apron, looking close to elimination when Liv hits the oblivion on Jade Cargill, eliminating her. And then Bailey takes advantage, kicking Liv off the apron to get the win. And not only that, winning the women's Royal Rumble matchup, but setting the record for the longest time in a women's Royal Rumble matchup, breaking the record set by Rhea Ripley last year. And that is the woman that she plans on taking the opportunity against at WrestleMania 40. Bailey finally points to the sign. Bailey finally gets a big win after two and a half, three years of being the most selfless performer in WWE. Bailey gets her moment. You get this beautiful shot of all the ladies' disappointment at what could have been. You get Bailey on the outside looking disappointed. And I love this shot here of the, all the crowd. Despite Bailey being one of the top heels on the women's roster, on the women's division in WWE, the fans knew what this moment meant, and they all pointed to the sign with her. Overall, a fun women's Royal Rumble matchup. I thought the first half of the matchup was uh, was solid with damage control and Team TNA kind of holding things down, keeping things excited. The middle portion, like I said before, felt like a die to death. Felt like it died to death where we had a whole bunch of people who aren't over with the with the crowd, not anywhere, not in this, not in not in St. Petersburg, not in Florida, not in New York, not in Savannah. It don't matter. No, none of these ladies were over. Um, and then the last half of the of the matchup when, you know, Naya, you get Becky and then you get Jade, who really picked things up and took it to a next level. Overall, I gave the match. I'll give it three and a half stars. Ness, what did you think? I actually, <clears throat> I gave it three stars. Um, I felt like it it was all right. Um, the pacing for me, um, we were talking about it on the, on the watch along last night. It started hot, middle, it got flat. And then towards the end, it picked back up again. Uh, I felt like they shot their load, shooting out so many stars. Like I didn't expect Naomi to be number two. You know, it was great for her to get. I get they like they wanted to do, you know, she gets her whole, her own entrance um they could have saved that down the line which we'll talk about another the other world rumble in somebody's entrance because they came out later and got a literally a full entrance but i feel like they could have pushed that down um or i like the pacing of like people coming out because i felt like jordan grace came out too early um i felt like a lot of their like heavy hitters and stars came out early then the middle is just mid card or people that aren't over, just like you said. And you felt that in the middle of the Royal Rumble because that's that's where my um, initial feelings towards the crowd's like, oh, man, this crowd's dead now. Like, let's 
fuck's going on? Like, there's no energy. Um, but it was what they were given to, you know, at that point, a bunch of low level to low tier talents coming out. And, you know, there really isn't anybody to root for to get you excited. But then towards the end, you know, Nia Jax comes out. Uh, everybody hates Nia. She goes on a tear. Jay Cargill comes out the match with her. Um, the stare down between Bianca and Jay, like it was that was that was great. Oh, also in the middle, um, Jordan Grace. Just I was just talking about Jordan Grace for a little bit. She just came out and uh, people that aren't familiar with Jordan Grace, she came out and looked a thousand times better than a lot of the people under WWE's umbrella. Uh, like 90% um, of this match. 90%, yeah, 90% of that. I'm, I'm trying to be nice than what because I really want to say she just outside the fucking, a good amount of their roster. For people I, was, I would say, I would say pretty much any, anyone outside of Bailey, I would say yeah, she, looked, she can argue that she looked as good or better than. And Jade. Yeah, definitely. And Bailey and Jade. Like, and I don't, and I don't want to be one of the people like, oh, I want to see her in WWE. Whatever you know, whenever that time comes, and it, it, if it happens, good for her, great for her. She's definitely deserving of it. But she looked like a fucking like she looked like she belonged there, and it was definitely great to see for someone that you know. Shout out to <laughs> good bro Chris Chris G over at uh, now the new Total Nonstop Blunts. Um, it's just great that you know we've been following her career for so long, and just to get have this moment. And um, it was it was great. It was great. Um, I feel like so. Fuck me, huh? I've worked with I, her. I, I, I know. I'm just. I'm. Just, uh, I'm. You know. I was just plugging the the network stuff, our our channel stuff. Um, but like, yeah, it was it's great. But then, like after that, you know, like I said, it just the middle felt flat. Um, top guy JJ said it was like a wet, soggy sandwich, or or it was either top guy JJ or. Um, Miss Chrissy Love. They just said like that. That middle part. Miss Chrissy Love. That's her. That, that, that's yeah, her go-to. That's her It was, it was love. a shit sandwich. It yeah, was a like shit the middle sandwich. part. It, it, and it definitely felt that you can feel it. But again, towards the end, it picked back up. So um, <coughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, dump on the women. Uh, no pun intended. Um, Long weekend for that, sir. <laughs> In that in that regard, but overall, I, I I think it was it was solid for what it was. Given that you know stars in the in the beginning, stars in the end, the middle, you just had to deal with what you had to deal with. Overall, um, it was three. And shout out to Bailey, much deserving. Another uh, one of the horse for a horsewoman um, getting a, a Royal Rumble victory, uh, going on to hopefully you know have her WrestleMania moment. It's definitely deserving. Like you said, she's been very, very uh, just putting everybody the fuck over. Just like mainly Bianca. Um, Damage control was pretty much a laughing stock for the majority of, you know, their return and their run. And a lot of that had to deal with Bailey eating pins, taking losses after losses. So now, like, I get that she's a heel, but everybody knows, like, we, we pretty much know where what path that's going to go. And I think that everybody's just ready for that to happen, that they're, she like, even an oppressor, like she was just so likable. And I'm like, I'm supposed to hate you because you're a heel. You're part of damage control. But it was just so like, you deserve this, you know? And, and so shout out to her. And like, it was, it was a, overall, it was a great feel good moment for her. And then like, like I said, the actual rumble itself, I give it a three, three out of five stars. Uh, Stat King, what did you think about the women's Royal Rumble match? I liked it. I, I don't know star rating necessarily what I'd give, but I, I know it's not uh, like a, anywhere between like a four and a five, so maybe somewhere in that three, three and a half range. 
Um, but I think that, like, you know, like I said earlier, if they were going to have Naomi be the second entrant and they should have moved Jordan Grace down a little bit, I do appreciate them acknowledging the, the, the TNA knockouts win. Uh, and it's something that I think WWE, I know the reasons why they have shied away from mentioning, even if by name, titles that people have won while they were away. But the, the the way I look at it is you now have this person in the building. Your job is to get them over. Even if people don't know exactly what those companies are, by mentioning those titles, especially by name, they go, that person won something prestigious. That helps the image of this individual. Now, a big reason why they did it is because they knew that Jordan was going to be coming out. But um, it helps the, it, it helps the, it also helped Jordan because it was Jordan's coming out. And in the match, they're talking about Naomi being the person that Jordan beat for the title that she now has. So you're, you're, you're putting somebody over that doesn't work for the company. Why not put somebody over that does work for the company? But maybe that's a mentality that they, they can change. But towards the match itself, if Jordan had come out a little bit later, I think it would have helped that middle section. Because yeah. you guys are absolutely right. That middle section really did drag. And for somebody like me who, you know, is really not as familiar with a lot of these women as I would have been. Uh, I, for example, when Nia Jax came out, I was like, why am I not hearing I'm not like most girls? I had no idea her theme had been changed. <laughs> so, so like, that's what I'm, those are the kinds of things that I'm expecting. But and, for, I, and I will say, I will, I will, I will say she doesn't have the ter- the most terrible Deaf Rebel song. Like at least her, at least her team, her theme has a has a tune to it. I'm not like most girls, right? Yeah, most girls. Like it, it has a theme that you can get stuck in your head and that can become identifiable with her. None of these, like Shayna Baszler, had perfect fucking theme music, and now she has this theme that I just. I don't even remember what it was like when it I invoked, saw her in my mind. I heard, I heard the older song in my mind. I heard the older song, but um, oh you know, God, I did, so I did bad. keep up. I did know what happened with uh, between Becky and Nia. So, like, I was anticipating Becky being the one to eliminate Nia, and then we have Jade coming up, and that was like that was amazing because this is really her debut. We've had her, you know, about backstage and all that kind of stuff, but this is her first match. And I want to say, you know, that is how you make a star. That is absolutely how you make a star. Because they they continually reference Nia being somebody that was hard to get out of the ring, both on commentary and in previous matches and in this match. And then you have Jade be the one to eliminate her. You, you, part of you, part, somebody might be, somebody who is a, a current fan may be like, oh, I, maybe I wanted Becky to do it because of the issues with Becky. But then you see how well Jay pulls it off. And you're yeah. like, I can't be mad at this. Like, I cannot be mad at and, this. And it's the fact that commentary kept talking about how last year she got eliminated by 11 people. 11 people. You have the 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 Jade, Jade being the one to, to pull it off. You know, the, the whole a perfect storm is coming. But this was a great moment for Jade. And I think that's one of the real reasons why that this Rumble is looked more favorably towards than the men's Rumble is because they did really good star-making performances in this Rumble versus the other one. Like, Jordan looked great, even though WWE didn't have to make her look great. Naomi looked great because she came out so early and she was one of the Iron Women of the matches. You have Jade being able to to show up, and then you have a really great winner. So for Bailey to win this this Rumble, it's 
uh, an incredible accomplishment for her and it really positions her well i mean i don't i haven't been experiencing the multiple pinfall losses the way like you guys have so i'm not as invested into the win from that perspective however i remember bailey from when i used to watch from 2020 before and for her to win this i know how much it means to her i know how much it means to be because a lot of times she got sidelined in conversations about the horsewoman she really did and to have this accomplishment now to add that to her resume it really does mean something so i'm i'm hoping that they have a you know i think i mean you, it, i don't know if I, the idea i guess would be eo sky i could also see rhea ripley uh i think eo sky with damage control like that kind of breakup that would be really interesting for a story so i'm i'm hoping that they have something really well planned but overall i did kind of i did like this rumble i kind of liked it a bit more than the match yeah, I, I it took me a while because at first I was just like so over that middle portion. And like I said, man, Maxine Dupree, I saw Romeo in here say it, say it very well. Uh, what I was thinking is like he said, yeah, Maxine is terrible. Stop putting her out there. She's going to get someone hurt. Like that's what that's not that's not the type of wrestling I want to watch. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch any type of wrestling where I'm scared for the people in the matchup. Colleen identified the botches. <clears throat> that's no, how it's funny. That's how it's funny because last night while we were watching the, the watch along, someone said, hey, yo, has anybody ever been hurt that they were supposed to win the Rumble? And then as soon as that happened, um, soon, no, as soon as we made that that comment, that's when the, the Maxine Dupree comes in and you know does the the well, attempted head scissors on on Bailey just for us to see Bailey win. That we're like, oh damn, I'm glad Maxine Dupree didn't fuck around and break Bailey's neck. <laughs> Thankfully, Bailey freaking saved that move because that move was fucking horrible. We do have a super chat donation from our good brother Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. As always, as uh, Will says, SP3. Remember the last time you talked bad about a skinny white woman? Uh, YouTube stepped <laughs> stepped on your screen. Yes, this is true. This is true. I'll be careful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Maxine. Uh, Josh, what did you think about the women's Royal Rumble matchup? I don't know. I was pretty mixed about it. It did have better surprises. Uh, better surprises. Um, they 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 made the right people look good. Uh, Jordan, I was very happy for her. Um, you know, she's worked incredibly hard for that moment, so I'm really happy. And then she did it working for another company. So, I mean, you know, there's th there's a lot of shit that you don't even hear. Like, you know, we've never we can't really say that we've seen that a lot. So, you know, I'm really happy for her when it when it comes to that. Uh, they made Jade look really good right off the bat. I thought they did it the right way. She didn't even need to win. But then when she was a final three, I was like, oh, shit, she actually might win it. And Yes. Um, I was like, not I, so was, much I, was dreading, I was dreading what we promised uh, LJ when that happened. <laughs> I was like, LJ yeah, about to and be it's just, I was a little. Yeah, yeah. But I was more worried. It has not, it has not to do with that. It was more. It would have been funny, though, because I was like, oh, shit, she was almost right. But it was more the fact that she doesn't need to win that right now. She could still lose a Rumble match and doesn't really do nothing for her. Uh, I know there were some people who were trying to say that, but it was like, no. Like The problem is that if she wins the Royal Rumble, you're already putting the fucking rocket, rocket ship on her, and then, you know, 
that's that defeats what Triple H said months ago. Like, no, we are training him to be ready. So you're telling me that you're going to train somebody and then all of a sudden she's ready after what, two, three months? All right, cool. Um, but I do agree with like the um, the placements were weird. And I think that's why it kind of like for me, like, is this a Royal Rumble? What I watch in its entirety? No, I would not. I would not watch it again when it comes to that. I watch it for the great moments, like the small pieces. But I do agree that like the, the placements were weird. Like Naomi came out a little too early, in my opinion. I thought she would have been good, like in the, like I said before, the 20 to 30, between like 20 and 30 section. She would have been great for that. Because you can, you can still do the fucking entrance. They did it for, they, they did it for Cody. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, so, but overall, um, it's not one of their best rumbles, but they did, they did uh, make, uh, People who needed to look good, they make them look good. Uh, but I mean, when it comes to Maxine, I mean, I know uh, somebody said in the thing that she's not ready. To be honest with you, I don't think she's ever gonna be ready. No, like and that's okay. Some people some can't people, wrestle. Yes, she can't wrestle. Like some people, it happens. Uh, some people they got the, they they pick up the skills, and some people don't. Like Lacey Evans, she was trash, and she never got better, and that's why she has no job. Like it, it happens. It is true. Like some people, like like uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, I would say, is better than Maxine Dupree, but yes. she never improved from like 2013. Like she was with the company for nearly like a decade and just reached a certain level and never was able to improve after that. Maxine is like, like worse than her, and y'all are giving her reps in front of two to three million people. Why? What's the reason for that? That doesn't make any sense to me. That is not how I would run a wrestling company. If someone is not ready to be in the ring, I would not give them a matchup with Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw, and I would not put them in the Women's Royal Rumble match. Give me another. Give me another girl from TNA. Give me Giselle Shaw. Because, because, yeah, it's it's very nice that Jordan Grace was in the, the, the Women's Royal Rumble matchup. I am a big Jordan Grace fan. You know, Romeo, Josh can say that they are friends to a certain point with Jordan Grace. And we've saw a lot of her career from growing up here in the, on the East Coast, on the independent scene, and what she's been able to accomplish in Impact in TNA. And I think that one day she will be a big star on the WWE roster. But you're not going to tell me this is the start of a whole new relationship when I just saw this rumble have about 15 of the 30 women not over. This feels like something WWE needed more than the start of a relationship. Yeah, I agree. We got another super chat donation from uh, Christopher Kidd who says, Bailey, 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 that's the chat. Yes, like 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 uh, Stat King said, it's just great to see someone who has just given back, given to everybody else, time after time again. When she came back in 2022, they should have immediately pushed her in damage control. They did not do that because they wanted to push Bianca Belair, and she's been very given to Bianca Belair her entire time on the main roster. I think that if anybody deserves credit for the star that Bianca Belair is today, Bailey can take some credit for that. And it's great to see her finally get her moment. Uh, we got another Super Chat donation from the Smart Psychology Podcast who says, live at 30 
I'm sorry. Did we miss her that much for the number 30 spot? Serious that flat. That was flat. That was like, <laughs> I, it was flat as fuck. But then it just, I, I think I was more busy laughing because all the fucking people that were so convinced that Sasha Banks was going to show back up and then they were ready to prove SRS wrong. And guess what happened? The opposite happened. He was proving everybody. He was proving everybody that he was right. The the Samoa Joe walk during that hook match all over Twitter. He was. He had a whole bunch of tweets bookmarked after the women's Royal Rumble that he was replying to and retweeting. He's like, "Oh, were you? What were you saying? Like, yo, that yo, he was that yo. It got to a point that I think he just stopped watching the Rumble and just like started replying to everybody. Like he was like finding these (laughs) tweets, like, "Oh, what did this person say December thirtieth? Let me let me let me respond to them right now." I'm gonna go back to that to that post what I put when Errol was like, "Oh, everybody are everybody happy? Uh, Trinity going back to WWE rumors started, but everybody upset that Mercedes to AEW rumors started." And I had a whole bunch of people like, "Make oh, it's because of Mercedes reporting has been up in the air." No, it's just been followed very closely. Like things change, reports change. Like what's the problem? Uh, we got a bunch of more comments. Keep them coming in. Send those super chat donations as we talk about uh, more of this matchup. Uh, final question before we move on from the women's Royal Rumble match. Where do you think Jade Cargill will be moving forward? Do you think that she will be on Raw, SmackDown? Where do you think they place her after this? And do we see the Bianca versus Jade matchup that was teased in the latter half of this match at WrestleMania 40? Josh? Um, I think she ends up on SmackDown. I think SmackDown needs a little bit more. Uh, does it happen at WrestleMania? Um, I would want to say yes, but I think that's something. I mean, that's the biggest stage, so I think that would be a good spot for her. I just don't know if it would be this soon. So it's like me for me is like if it happens, I'll be fine with it. But also will be fine. Like if there was a final way to really have a nice, really nice build up to it, because you know Bianca is a premium talent that they have there. So if you're putting Jade against Bianca already like this kind of soon, then what's going to be next for her after that? Then you basically have like no choice but to like put her in the prime storyline or going after the championship after that. I mean, I I think that. You need a big time matchup if you're going to do the first ever singles women's match that's non title, and that feels like it. Like we like we were talking about with Ella J. Yeah, I agree. Who said the Bailey and EO match could be the non title? I was like, nah, that needs the title. That the title is a part of that, that story. And I was like, Jade and Bianca doesn't. Jade and Bianca, it's just you put those two women in the ring, and we saw it last night. The crowd went crazy. Stacking, what do you think? Uh, this one's tougher for me because I don't know the, the, the landscape currently. But as it comes to... A, a lot of the women... I All I will tell you is, uh, just to give you a nutshell of the talent Smackdown. discrepancy between Raw and SmackDown, yeah. uh, you watched the Men's Raw Rumble, right? Yeah. No one after the number 14 was on the SmackDown roster. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's an actual... 
Th- that's an actual legit stat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, then, yeah, she should go to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, 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 I don't know what the stat is. They spread it out a little bit better on the women's Royal Rumble side. But that was astonishing <laughs> to find out this morning that no- after number 14 in the men's Rumble, no one was from SmackDown. Then, yeah, I would say she should go to SmackDown. As to whether or not uh, her she should have the match with Bianca at Mania, I guess, yeah, the question is ultimately if she's ready. Like we've seen her on at the time fairly large stages for for AEW, and she did she did well. But the the question really there has been she's never had to do promo battles. She's never had to interact from that perspective. So where when you know she's going to go up against Bianca, you have to sell. I mean, you don't necessarily have to sell it that much from the promo just because there are two like just physical titans and you can just see it as soon as they step in the ring with each other which we saw last night but there do need to be there does need to be some kind of promo battle so uh i'll be interested to see how they pull that off in order to get to to mania i think uh the promo the the promo aspect i don't think would be that big of an issue just because like we kind of seen jade already talk uh and she's fine so i don't think the promo aspect is it's the we problem have, i think we have seen but, I'm saying like, but, but let's, let's not front like jade's promo style was very dependent on the aew promo style oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, no. and stuff no, that you're not going to be able to say in wwe yeah yeah which i get which i get but it's more the fact like i'm not worried so much about like, the promo stuff it's more the in-ring stuff i'm worried about because We've seen times where Jade gets very hesitant on doing spots that she's not comfortable with, and then she kind of bans it. That's I mean, where I have, I'm. That's I where a, I have enough faith that Bianca. I'm more able, I have enough faith that Bianca would be able to coach her and carry her, both in the. In, I mean, I mean, do it like when they're practicing and rehearsing or whatever, and in the match itself. I, I have. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's. Just, I mean, I mean, I mean, when it comes to that, I get that part, but I'm saying there was parts where she. There was parts that it was like her side, like of things doing, and she abandoned it. Even when she was getting help, she kind of just went, she backtracked on it. So yeah, that's something yeah. that she has to work on. And that's what I want to see. Like a part of me, a part of me thinks that you could save it for down the road, either money in the bank or SummerSlam. But uh, you know, SummerSlam is really far off. So I don't know if they necessarily want to do it, save it for that. But WrestleMania may be a little too soon, but I just I trust the people involved more here than I would in yeah. a company. Yeah, because I think uh, you can you can honestly probably say that Jade really set up two potential WrestleMania matches for her because of the elimination on Nia Jax. Because her versus Nia are like well, you have the irresistible voice versus the immovable object. That's please, what WrestleMania is. Please God, like. do not do not do Nia Jax versus versus Jade. Yo, or, that match would be so bad. Oh, I I <laughs> want to see it now. I sold myself on how bad that match would be. Big man dog, come on, show your support. You know you love bad wrestling just as much as I do. You want to see this. Uh, we got another super <laughs> chat donation from our good friend Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. As always, he says the reports was WWE was trying to get uh, uh 
another company, uh, other companies in the Rumble. How much you bet they went to stardom and asked for Julia and NJPW said, you not slick. Well, Bushi Road <laughs> more said, you not, not slick. And yeah, they was like, you, you're asking, we'll have to wait till March when she out of her contract. That's what they, that's what they done said to him. And then they went to all Japan and they said, Nakashima, you want to be in the men's rumble? And he was like, what's the men's rumble? <laughs> he said, "He said I thought the New Japan Rambo was already over." Yeah, he's like, he's like, they asked me to be in the Rambo too. I said no to that too. Sorry. Right. That, that would have been a terrible spot for them. Like honestly, that would have been like so. Like I don't know. I wouldn't have done it, but I get why they would have want more companies involved. It's just with that kind of crowd that that was there last night. That shit would have been a wet fart for I, them I to come say, up. I will say this. Towards the rumble itself, I would love to down the road, like many years from now, that it turned into a little bit more of a celebration of all wrestling. You could still have a WWE person win, but have more people from other companies. And I think Hunter may be more amenable to that than Vince would. But it still would wind up as the same thing, though. I know, but it's it's just more of the the idea that we're going to we're going to reach out more to other companies for the purpose. Yeah, that's that what Forbidden Doors were. <sighs> <laughs> well, well, we, well, I did, I did see yeah, that it's just, about what Hunter said about Forbidden Door. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I, I get what John is saying. It's just that when it, when it comes to that, is like when you already know the winner is going to be within the company, it kind of defeats the purpose of it. That's how yeah. I. That's how I view. Yeah, like I, I like that's what, that's why I'm never optimistic about any any company partnering up with WWE because I'm just like it's just me being hopeful. That's for I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Thirty years of watching this company, it's just it, it it beat the hopefulness out of me. Uh, but yes, let's talk about the <laughs> the second match on the show for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship: Roman Reigns <laughs> defending against. 14-time champion Randall Keith Orton, Randy Orton. You had the former WWE champion two times over AJ Styles, LA Knight. Yeah, the megastar, as well as Roman Reigns here. And this matchup, I thought it would, you know, this is Roman's first time in a fatal four-way matchup, and he had a lot to live up to because the last time Roman was in a multi-man matchup uh, defending his title was the famous matchup at WrestleMania 37 against Daniel Bryan and Edge, Adam Copeland, and Bryan Danielson, which is still arguably the best match of this entire three-year Roman Reigns title reign. So early on, we get the baby faces attacking or attacking Roman, taking him out of play. Then we get uh, Roman finally in a taking control of the ring. He's beating down on L.A. Knight for a long, long, long time. Uh, and then finally, Orton comes in. He starts nailing some RKOs. He catches AJ coming off the ropes, hits him with one, hits L.A. Knight with one, catches Roman with a a. Perfect RKO as Roman jumped at him with the Superman punch. He has to cover one, two, and then, oh, fuck. I, I saw a tweet last night that was just like, yeah, that's, that's kind of similar feelings that I have because I have the same type of feeling whenever this happens in a Roman <laughs> Reigns matchup. But someone, and I, and I think it was Lyric Wrestling, shouts out to her, said Solo Sokoa is the American equivalent of House of Torture. And yes, that's what it's starting to feel like. It's starting to, I get that feeling when he comes out and, and this shit, 
Oh my god, I've never yelled at the fucking TV. Because I, I saw people in our chat last night saying, oh my god, LA Knight was pinning Randy Orton. No, 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 that's not the point. That's not the point of all of this, because that's technically that's a double pin. If the referee counts, it, no one wins, because both guys, shoulders are on the back. Yeah, Roman yeah. stood there for like 15 seconds! What the fuck are you doing? Why are you confused? Why are you confused that motherfuckers are stacked together? That's what you found! You wanted the fucking two! What the fuck, yo? That's it, yo. I am. Oh, my you, you God. You know, it's yellow when, when he, he goes in and out of his mic. Oh, That's how my you know. God, yo. <laughs> what the fuck? He just stood there for a good 15 seconds like a fucking idiot. AJ Styles comes in with a, with a phenomenal forearm. He stacks Roman on top of everybody and gets a near fall as everybody kicks out. Oh, cool. Great spot. Yeah. Um, Solo Sokoa goes through a barricade on the outside. AJ Styles starts going crazy with some steel chairs. We get a spirit or in. Styles is going for the for the phenomenal forearm, but LA Knight gets thrown into the ropes and then he gets speared. Uh, no, he gets a Superman punch. Styles gets speared. Roman wins. Fucking bore. Two stars. Stat King. Uh, uh, I'm with you with the, with the two stars. Um, this this felt like pretty pretty anticlimactic. I mean, we knew who was going to win. This was fairly <laughs> obvious, but you know, I, I I have a lot of practice with this with uh, with Ring of Honor because we always know who's going to win a Ring of Honor match these days. But the question is, can you make it? Can you make it a little bit believable that the other person or other persons could win this match? And they really—I think—I don't think they anybody really came close to this except for uh, Orton. For, for Orton, yeah. Orton nobody, on that on that RKO because yeah. that RKO was great. It was well nobody done. Believable. And then uh, Evil came out. We saw the we saw uh, at least for me a renewal of one of the greatest rivalries of all time: Randy Orton versus an announce table. Uh, which was which was fun for me, um, but this this just didn't feel you know it just felt like we have to do this in order to get Roman a title defense so that more people get annoyed that Roman stopped losing so that Cody when he wins the rumble it's that much more better <laughs> like that was that was basically what this was so you know and and I think the crowd also was pretty fucking dead for this match <laughs> I mean they were more dead for the one that came after. But uh, they were they were really just out of it for this one. Uh, but hey, I got to see LA Knight be over, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, he was very he was very over. Randy Orton was very over. Actually, actually, funnily enough, uh, LA Knight's the only person that Colleen didn't know in the match, and she was when we was doing his entrance, she was like, "Who is this guy?" I said, "You remember during the wedding when uh, Kelvin would not stop saying yeah and Nana repeatedly?" She was like, "Yeah, I was like that's where he's getting it from." <laughs> Well, I know, I know for for now that uh, I'm gonna tell Kelvin not to do that shit on mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Keep it straight, straight up. Uh, we got Frantic Girl that says, "Wasn't Roman in a four way with Joe Brock, Big Teddy Bear at a SummerSlam pay per view in 2017?" That's why I said that's the first yeah. forty four way of this title reign. This title reign, it's like it's like freaking. And it's like the Brock pandemic. Was, it's before Brock. the what happened before the pandemic and what's happened after the pandemic. What's happened that was before also, Roman's reign? After Brock, Brock was defending. Roman yeah. wasn't defending. 
Exactly. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this one? Uh, the match was not good. Uh, I think I'll probably just leave it at that. I, To be honest with you, there was people who are interested in a Fatal 4-Way match from the beginning. I didn't care about it just because we already knew the end result. And then I'm like, realistically, who the fuck was going to win anyway? Roman was not losing his title in a four-way match. Uh, so anybody who was hopeful of that are just uh, weird, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Match was not good. And, you know, in retrospect, because of what the main event result was, why didn't they just make this Orton versus Reigns? Because the best parts were Orton and Reigns in this matchup. Yeah. Like, it just like, a, like if, if this is if we're almost at the end, then why the fuck not? You do Orton and uh it would have actually you would have been able to save Styles and LA Knight as star power for the rumble, and you would have had more story in the rumble as to who was actually going to win to face Roman or Seth, but you know, yeah, because both guys both guys have great stories for why they would want to win the Royal Rumble, and then SmackDown would have had somebody after number 14. After number 14, just saying. Uh Ness, any thoughts on this one? Um, I'll give it a two. This did nothing for me. Um, I'm used to Roman being saved by somebody in the bloodline as much. So that uh, I'm not surprised that that happened, but the match it just didn't hit for me. It just felt like a it didn't feel like a pay-per-view match. It felt like maybe a main event for television, but even with that, like the only reason I'm giving it main event um, status is because of who was in the match and not for what they did. Um, nothing really like stood out. Nothing, you know, it was, yeah, it was just a run of the mill match. And it's not yeah, <laughs> it's like that was, that was, yeah. Very unfortunate, ladies and gentlemen. No. All right. Uh, we've got a couple of comments I want to give here. We got people. Louis says negative two stars for the bootleg Jordan 11 boots. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Roman had a cold, barely banger. What? Two? He says 2.75 stars. <laughs> We have Myron Kid who says 2.75. That's like way too much credit for that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> he found bro, that in three quarters. Uh, we got Myron who says this shit felt like a TV match. Uh, Myron says time to get them belts off of Roman. Well, seems like we're heading in that direction, guys. Uh, and then we got uh, Chuck Delaney who says why the whole show was ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That shit. That shit was a great comment. That's a great comment. Uh, we got we got uh, Queen Monet said. I saw a lot of people saying this on Twitter. They better not do Solo versus Orton at Mania. That would die a fucking death if you did not watch their SmackDown match. Oh my God, their SmackDown match a couple of weeks ago. I was like, is Orton still injured? That shit did not get out of first gear. Please do. Please do not do Orton versus Solo. Please, please, man. Am, am I the only one who feels like this about Solo, that it feels like he has not progressed in a year? Uh, he hasn't. Um, I think there's a lot of... What they do with Solo is that they basically cover up with like his uh, his heater gimmick. Uh, certain things like, you know, 
they they cut they do a good job covering up his flaws but i think now it's starting to become more noticeable that's the problem i'm seeing with solo yeah i think like once if, if he ever gets away from the bloodline thing i think then he'll progress more because it just keep he's in the same role like all he does is come nah, out to be honest he, he, even honestly even if you take him out, the, out of the bloodline i think that would be worse because it will expose more of his flaws I think that would be the bigger issue. Because he can't talk. He hasn't talked. No, he can talk. He can't talk, and he's not going to talk. And he's by himself. He's going to talk more. I don't think you want to see that. And when it comes to performance-wise, I mean, what the only performance you could say was good or like that made him look uh, badass was the Cena match. But even that, like... And that aspect, it was a squash match, no. so it wasn't like a situation where it was like, "All right, this is a this is like one of our next big stars." It wasn't even that situation at all. It was just a glorified squash match, and then anything after that has been like it's been either mid or just don't remember. Like you just don't remember it. Or if they bring in more cousins. Oh, don't well, do I mean, that, man. Jacob had two. <laughs> Yo, you, we would really know how bad Solo Sokoa is if he had to stand next to Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu is actually really good. And he was in the crowd, right? Wasn't he in the crowd yeah, yesterday? He could have jumped over. He could have taken Pat McAfee's place in the room. <laughs> Uh, we got big man dogs. He says, I thought I was the only one who doesn't really get the solo hype. I'm I'm here for solo. I think that uh the direction that his character is going, they're doing a good job at that, but they yeah. are not giving him enough opportunities to expand past a fucking 1980s monster heel. Yeah, that's what his moveset is: nerve holds, rest holds. Big power moves and then walk around and gesture to the crowd. That's it. And that's what I get from fucking evil. Yeah. And then e e even now. Yeah. And then even now with Solo, like, remember how everyone was pushing the narrative? Like, Solo should be the one that should, should end, like, Roman's, you know, reign. I, I was like, no, I'm further from that, to be honest with you. It's like, no, he shouldn't be because... He has too many flaws for, for my liking. And then company kind of sees that too, the way they've been using him. That's just what it is. Yeah. We got Drugs Delaney who says, uh, Solo has been in neutral since Jay left. Split him from the line and put him with Jacob and uh, Zilla. No, he does not need to be with those guys. Those guys will make him look bad. He will clearly look like the, the, the third or second best guy in that group. Uh, we got Queen Monet saying Solo was 1,000% better in uh, 1,000 times better in NXT to me. His character was even more interesting in NXT to me. Yes, the 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 Street Fighter is more interesting than Enforcer. It just is. Not not a no brainer here. Uh, we got uh, smart uh, smart psychology says, "Oh, that match would be pleasing and horrible to the eye at the same time. It's a perfect storm." There you go. Absolutely. All right, United States Championship was up for grabs next. 
Kevin Owens challenging Logan Paul. These two men have been feuding, trading off words. Logan Paul attacked the hand before this matchup, which would come into play early on in this one. Early on, though, Kevin Owens had the advantage, kind of showing off his offense, hitting big moves, German suplexes in the ring. He would throw him around a ringside into the guardrail. Owens was having fun at this point, but... Logan Paul would gain the advantage after slamming his hand into the steel into the ring post and then really working it over, driving the story of this matchup. Owens did a great job of selling the hand throughout, and Logan Paul just has some great offense, whether it's the planchas to the outside, he's doing springboards in the ring, he does the buckshot lariat for a great near fall, does his own freaking like money shot splash that they thought was a frog splash, but it was just a regular splash, but it looked Looked beautiful, looked better than a lot of guys on the main roster's frog splashes. Late in the matchup, we get uh, Logan's podcast partner, Gills over the barricade to hand him the brass knuckles. But this is all really just a red herring for Grayson Waller and Austin Theory to come out. Theory has the brass knuckles. He hands it to Logan Paul. Logan goes to blast uh, Kevin Owens with it. But Owens block, he grabs the hand, rips off the brass knuckles, puts it on his own hand, punches Logan Paul. The referee counts one. Two and sees the brass knuckles on the hand, calling for the bell, disqualifying Kevin Owens. Owens is arguing with the referee. Logan Paul gets up. He's celebrating the win. He still retains the United States Championship, but Kevin Owens is none too pleased. He gets into the ring. He blasts Logan Paul from behind, takes him to ringside, uh, takes the stuff off the announce table, and gives him a pop-up powerbomb through the announce table to stand tall looking at the United States Championship, knowing that he could have got the job done. I thought this was a good matchup. I thought it was going to be a very good matchup until the finish. But I will say, despite uh, despite the finish being kind of convoluted and the shenanigans with the podcast partner, Waller in theory, the finish itself of Owen stopping him with the brass knuckles, using the brass knuckles, and getting caught for the DQ, chef's kiss. I was like, I didn't expect that. I was like, that was really good to continue the rivalry here. I gave the match uh, three and a quarter, three and a quarter stars. Ness, what did you think? Uh, I gave the match three and a half stars. Um, best thing on the card of um, of the night so far. Um, I love the match itself. A lot of back and forth action. Logan Paul continues to show why, like, he's one of the best non wrestling wrestlers that um, have stepped in the ring. He improves every time we see him. I think like his character work for this match. And his uh, his selling was top notch, um, but the, the the I would say the only like down part I'll have on this is the thing with the podcast partner. Dude jumps over the you know the guardrail or you know, and then it's like this long process to get him out or have security deal with him. I feel like um, theory. And Waller should have came out immediately, like way much, way, way faster. Like I get like, you know, the suspension of kayfabe and, and, and things of that nature. But that, that took too fucking long. Like, you know, if anybody jumps the guardrail and they're not supposed to be there, the referee's trying to get rid of them. It's not going to take like two and three minutes for this to happen. Yeah. It doesn't like, take that it, long it, to happen it, with it, a regular it, wrestler. This motherfucker is like, I can beat his ass. And that would have been like complete, like. There's no way that this guy, this little guy, is taking up so much time for you guys to get rid of him. 
Um, I just felt like that. And then it distracted part, from the matchup as well. Like, it, yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Yeah. That part, yeah, because yeah, like I said, um, Waller and and in theory, they they would have came out like quicker. I wouldn't really have that much of a nick pick with that. And even with that, I love the fact that they came out. I believe it, like we talked about this, it might have been Crown Jewel um sp3 where i believe that we talked about the pairing of um logan paul with grayson waller and with austin theory because they're all douchebags so like to get them over to elevate waller and theory put them with logan paul like that's going to get them like legit heat um not so much yeah. the, the go away heat that theory's been having over you know the course of like a year or so and waller you know he's doing better for himself but putting them with legit with someone like logan paul is just going to do nothing but elevate their spot so i like that i also love the finish too where um romeo's even said like the most baby face thing you can do is forget to hide the evidence and he's just like oh like, yeah i'm gonna punch him in the face with the brass knucks like yeah he got what he deserved and then like i'm like oh is the ref gonna see it and then like the last second the ref sees it i'm like oh fuck like that is you know you don't think about it when it happens like yo i'm just gonna get my revenge on this dude and i'm gonna win the match referee sees it like oh no you know i gotta do what i gotta do i gotta disqualify you but so him losing in that fashion and rather than actually um getting pinned i love that i like that i think that was very creative so i'll i will give props to the creative for for that at least but yeah i i like this match um three three and a half stars it was very entertaining best match on the cards that's so far in the show josh what did you think um the match was fine itself um i do agree with like the overbooking um i didn't have a problem with the waller and theory spot I did have a problem with the podcaster spot just because it just the guy just looked out of place, right? And it's not even so I it was just bad acting all around because he just looked drunk and it just looked weird to me. But then also it's the fact that he jumps over the barricade, right? The problem I have, and this is maybe just me being technical with it, but like he jumps over, right? And you have one person go up to him. Right. And just standing in front of him. And then you have like two other security guards like yelling him like a fucking teacher. Like you got to go over there or some shit. Right. But it was like if it was another fan. Right. Like a real like situation. Motherfuckers would have been grabbing him and shit. I mean, we had a lady grab Gronkowski when he did it. And he was a part of the show. So, I mean, like you can't do the same thing. Like just make it more believable at that point. Yeah. Um, like make it more believable. Um, but I just thought that spot was just. It was retarded. I didn't like it because, the, I mean, part of it, too, is just I, I just don't like the guy either. I think he sucks. Um, what, the that's podcast just, partner? That's just never, my... I never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's trash. Yeah, he's trash. Um, and he just kisses a lot of ass. So, I mean, he's trash all around. So, having him was just... It was meh. was like meh. Um, but I do agree with Ness about, like, the whole, like, pairing. Like, if it was Logan Paul... Jason Waller and Theory. I don't mind that. I don't mind that pairing. Um, it will be pretty good as long as you stay away from Japan. They'll be fine. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> but yeah, I, I we were talking about that in the fall last year, saying that they need to make them a little trio here. So I like them, uh, you know, being involved in the finish here. We got Justin Laney saying best match on this card is like being the best swimmer in the Special Olympics. Oh, <laughs> Y'all are wilding with these comments. 
Yo, like, like, yo, I think this is like the longest stretch, but I don't, I haven't heard a lot of people say this, but Ness, uh, Josh, you, you watch more WWE than of course stacking, but I would say since SummerSlam, this is the first time in my life I can genuinely say WWE's TV product is much better than his PLEs in the last six months. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think. Part of it too, and this is just, I don't know. I think what it is is that the shorter pay-per-view cards, I think that's hurting the PLEs because it's like they're they're focusing on these like these big, big winded matches, like like war games. You know, war games had two two of the two of the matches. So you kind of just forget the card until like the ending part with CM Punk coming out. But besides that, you don't remember the card at all. Yeah, that was uh, the, that was the best card out of the out of the bunch because yeah. because yeah, SummerSlam yeah. was trash. Yeah, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, yeah, SummerSlam suffered a lot. Yeah, that SummerSlam worst, suffered a lot. That was the worst show of the year for me. Um, yeah, and then, me too. Then, then Payback was boring. Fastlane yeah, was Fastlane was kind of there. Like you were on that review, Ness, and I said the yeah. same thing. I was like, fun, but it was inconsequential. There. Oh. And yeah. the more yeah. that time has passed, has become more inconsequential. Uh Crown Jewel was a step down from the previous Saudi Arabia shows that were up in quality. And then Survivor Series had the punk return that kind of elevated everything. And then this show, which was not yeah. good. Yeah, I think it's the short. I, it's just my opinion. I think it's the card itself. There was only four matches yesterday. It was only four. It was only four matches. You usually Man. get what five or six hour before show. the rumble. Still yeah. a four-hour show. Yeah, and that's so, an hour. I, think that's part- I, I understand when people say, "Oh, I want every, I want all the matches to get time and space." There's a little bit too much. There's a little bit too Sometimes much. And then also the men's rumble match. It, it took like twenty minutes for it to start. I think yeah. from what I remember, like it was, it was a while before the men's. Royal Rumble started. It was like a good like 20 minutes. It was like good 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just like, what the fuck are they waiting for? I'm like, they're not putting no cages up. They're not doing anything that they need to like enhance anything. So it was a little weird. Like that, that alone was kind of like, I'm like looking at the time, I'm looking at the commercials, and I'm like, all right, uh, the show's gonna end like at this time. But I'm like, uh, shouldn't it just start already? That's a good hour and some change left they got for the match itself. So we're not gonna waste any time uh, <laughs> to going into the the men's uh, Royal Rumble match. Everybody gave their thoughts on Logan Paul and Kevin Owens, right? Did you stack King? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I like the match. I thought it had a, a good story. I just was really, I mean, I wasn't that surprised, but the crowd was super dead during this one. Super duper dead, and I thought it was. I, mean, actually, just, I thought it was better than the Fatal Four Way. I, I think they didn't. Like I think they, I think they didn't recover from the fatal four way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it also yeah, was they, like I think they also understood because you you don't go to a show if you don't know what the matches are. They knew the men's Royal Rumble was coming up. They were just like, let's just wait. Yeah, yeah. If this got a better reaction, I think I would have even rated it higher than I did. Uh, we got Myron Kidd. He says, uh, so Wrestle Kingdom eighteen and Hard to Kill been the best pay per views so far this year. Uh, Hard to Kill was really good, but the fact that you put that in the same sentence as Wrestle Kingdom, there's a far gap between those two shows. I think Wrestle Kingdom is like a full letter grade above Hard to Kill. And Hard to Kill is a full letter grade, probably two full letter grades above this show. 
Yeah. And Hard to Kill was really good. I enjoyed yeah. the shit out of it. Yeah, I did too. Uh, we got uh, Big Man Dogs. He says, I'm glad I didn't watch it live. Uh, King Potato said, I need to watch Collision. I heard it was a fun show. I watched first couple of matches from Collision after the press conference. I really needed to get sleep after. Like My mind was still going like, why did Triple H admit that? Like, like you know, dead eyes. I, I that's what I said to my to my girl when I went to bed. I was like, like she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm really confused. Why Triple H admitted he didn't read the lawsuit? Like they didn't even they didn't even say like it wasn't a yes or no question. It wasn't like, did you read the lawsuit? Or even if that is the question, I would word it in a way that doesn't admit that. <laughs> like, like I'm just, I was stunned. I needed I needed to go to sleep after that. Uh, Drug Delaney saying, I haven't enjoyed a PLE since night two of Mania. Like, I get that they don't uh, have to sell pay-per-views anymore, so why bother? And when mm. Netflix takes over Raw and sponsors aren't as important, why try? Sponsors will always be important, Drug Delaney. Don't yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they need those. Hey, it was a sponsor that got rid of uh, this perverted bum of Vince McMahon, so sponsors are important. Yeah, like like Slim Jim showed that. Slim Jim was the person. Slim Jim was the company that finally freaking got Vince McMahon the fuck up out of here. And all it took was like five hours for them to be like, "No, we're back on as WWE sponsors." And WWE, yo, I had never seen WWE give full on fellatio to a sponsor partner like they did during the entrances for the Fatal Four Way. That was full on fellatio of a sponsor, like. They were like Slim Jim. Here's an entrance for for, for LA Knight. Yeah, yeah. Here, here are some kids that got a Slim Jim card. It's like, yo, wow. Yeah, it's the same way as um. I mean, it's not the same situation, but it's also similar to what happened with uh this 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 uh garbage football team uh the Washington uh whatever they call now when they they were forced to change their name. The only reason why they forced it is because sponsors. And licensing uh, companies started pulling uh, their they started pulling their deals away from them. That's why they were forced to change their names. So once uh, sponsors, it wasn't Slim Jim. Slim Jim was the biggest one, but then there was also a rumor that another company was working with WWE or about to get close to a deal, and then they pulled it back after that happened. So it was like a matter of time where it was like more sponsors were going to pull pull out. So it was like they had to do something about that. Yeah, they, they made the right choice. Uh, we got a bunch of people still commenting about the Triple H press conference. If you want to hear our thoughts, it was at the beginning of our review here. But let's get into the men's Royal Rumble matchup now. Men's Royal Rumble kicked off very nicely with Jay Uso being number one. And once Jay came out, I was like, oh, Jimmy's number two. Jimmy has to be number two. And then Jimmy's music hit. I was like, yeah. So they started off good. And then just like his wife came out number two, just like his wife. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're both both number twos here. We get the little stare down between the two guys. A lot of good good crowd reaction for this. It was like the ooh, and then uh, them going face to face with one another. Uh, of course, the crowd was behind Jay in this one. Grayson Waller came out at number three. I love that this started the trend of this uh, matchup of Jimmy Uso looking for people who is about who would acknowledge his no yeet. 
That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no yeet? Yeah, and he would get pounds from certain people like Grayson Waller, and then he would get beat up by others. Uh, number four was our first surprise of this matchup, the returning Andrade, who got a good reaction from the crowd, despite music that they never heard before. Because you heard, because they had the little intro thing that said El Idolo. Instantly, that's identifiable. I was like, wow, they had good music for him. What happened to the rest of the women's roster? Uh, we got number five was Carmelo Hayes. He did not get as good of reactions as I thought because he's been on the main roster so much. Sinsuke Nakamura was number six. He did get a good reaction uh, with people singing his song. Despite after singing his song, they did not care about him, though. Uh, Carmelo Hayes <laughs> eliminates uh, Grayson Waller for our first elimination. Santos Escobar comes out at number seven. He starts uh, going at it with uh, Nakamura and a few others. He It looks like he's about to go at it with Andrade. They have a little stare down, but then uh, Escobar hugs him and, and wants to give him a pound and wants him to join Legato. Tells him to put his fist up, but Andrade's not interested, so he attacks him. Karrion Cross comes in at number eight to silence. <laughs> But he is, he does uh, join the, the, the No Yeet Nation with, uh, with uh, Jimmy Uso. Dirty Dom is number nine. Uh, number 10 is Carlito. Dirty Dom got massive amounts of booze for sure. Carlito did not get much of a reaction at all. Yeah, did not. No, not at all. Uh, it's time for an apple spit, though. The fans reacted to that. He spits the apple in Santos' face and then eliminates him. Number 11 is Bobby Lashley. He comes in with some spears, some a spine buster. Uh, he's left uh, to stare down with Dominic Mysterio. Goals after him. Uh, he eliminates Carlito, and then he spears uh, Karrion Cross and eliminates him. AOP come down. Uh, we get a bunch of people trying to eliminate Bobby Lashley with the referees distracted. Karrion Cross eliminates Lashley, and then a huge brawl breaks out between the Street Profits, Bobby Lashley, and the Final Testament. Meanwhile, Ludwig Kaiser comes down at number 12. Number 13 was Austin Theory. Him and uh, Carmelo Hayes go at it for a bit. Finn Balor is number 14. Jesus Christ, like this was a lot of people that are like mid-card people or could be main eventers, but are just not. That was a long stretch. Uh, number 15 is Cody Rose. Finally, we have someone that can actually win this thing. Uh, Bronson Reed is number 16. Number 17 is Kofi Kingston. We no longer get the Kofi spots. Like that's about to be fucking time. Retire time. <laughs> it's Thank time. You. Retire that shit. It's a thing of the past now, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got we got Gunter coming in at number 18. He eliminates Kofi. We got Ivar. Uh, Ivar coming in at uh, number 19. Cole says he's on a roll in the last month. He's 2-2 two and two with losses to Akira Tozawa in the last month. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, he gets in a showdown with uh, Bronson Reed, but then... The big man, the man, the one person in this damn matchup that fucking maximized his fucking minutes because you would be astounded to find out Braun Breaker was in this match for five minutes. Five minutes. That's it. He was in this match for five minutes. He had the most memorable spots because he came yeah. in. He is just so explosive. He just comes in with the he running. Yeah, he comes in. Yeah, he, he did. Apparently, he filled in for Brock Lesnar here. Comes in with the big spears. Things start fast. He say, gets rid of Jimmy Uso. He gets rid of Finn Balor. He has a uh, stare down with Gunta. 
No mention that he has a victory over Gunter, one of the few guys in WWE with the victory over Gunter. Uh, Gorilla Press, uh, Slam, and then a spear drops Gunta. Then Omos comes out. Omos and Braun Breaker have a little stir down. And then number 22 is Pat McAfee coming off of the commentary table, looking stunned that he's been chosen for the Royal Rumble. He gets into the ring. And then he gets out of the ring. He climbs up, up out of here. He says, how big is that thing in there? After he eliminates himself from the matchup, uh, Breaker uh, dumps a distracted Omos, but then he's eliminated by Dominic Mysterio. Boom, boo, boo. Braun Breaker then spears J.D. McDonough, who's number 23 when he's coming down to the ring. Number 24 is our truth as we learned from the Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> he throws McDonough into the ring, and Jay Uso eliminates him. Then Truth gets on the apron and gives us the best spot of the entire matchup where he's <laughs> yo, I was dying, yo. Right. up the crowd for a fucking hot tag, and the fans ate this shit up. You get Dom, who's so confused, he doesn't know what to do. Then Gunther puts a sleeper on him, so Dom actually reaches for the tag. He does a job. That was the funniest breaker. part. That was the funniest part. And then makes the hot tag. R-Truth comes in cleaning house, doing the John Cena five moves of doom until he goes the wrong way on the five-knuckle shuffle and gets kicked in the face. That was the best <laughs> best part of this whole matchup. If we're, if we're losing if we're losing Kofi's save spots, but we're getting R-Truth shenanigans, I think that's a fair trade. That is a fair trade. Yeah. Absolutely. He could come the up fucking with fucking crowd ate it up. Not, not only the crowd ate it up, but the fight that Dom went along with it, I think that, that's what made it like perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, number 25 <laughs> is The Miz. We get Awesome Truth Reunion with them working together for a bit. We get uh, the Miz goes to try to eliminate Dom, but our truth saves him from being eliminated. Then number 26 is Damian Priest. He comes out, wastes no time, blasts our truth eliminates him from the matchup. <laughs> number 27, business is picking up again because it's clobbering time. Number lucky to number 27 is CM Punk. He comes in, he's cleaning house, he eliminates Dominic Mysterio, but he gets forearmed by Damian Priest. Ricochet is number 28, and he comes out to fucking silence ladies and gentlemen it was that was that was kind of sad it was sad it was yeah. sad it was like bro just leave just go go to tony go to tony he'll do he'll do more with you he'll he'll at least have you having great matches with vikingo and commander every on rampage on rampage and collision <laughs> like you'll be fine uh drew mcintyre no i mean uh no number 28 was uh yeah twick ricochet number 29 was drew mcintyre mcintyre sends ricochet flying belly to belly and then uh clotheslines uh jay down then uh priest kicks away at mcintyre who plants him with a spine buster and then finally we get number 30 and fuck you, BWE. It's your fault that everybody was disappointed that it was Sami Zayn. Not me. BWE, Not me. BWE reported, oh, the Indy's going to cook like crack. So people thought The Rock or MJF. And no, it's just Sami Zayn. So it was a little bit of a letdown, unfortunately, for Sami. But that leaves us with our final grouping. Cody Rose, Gunta, Damian Priest, CM Punk, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn. I will give anyone... I will give anyone a prize if you can name me what's all these people have in common. They all lost their None of them are from fucking SmackDown. Oh, yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So much for that. <laughs> in the Raw Rumble. 
Uh, McIntyre yeah. dumps Ricochet out, so we're down to six. A parade, a parade of secondary finishers puts everyone down, but Sami Zayn. A Luva kick to uh, Drew McIntyre. Zayn gets rid of Damian Priest, but then McIntyre gets rid of Zayn, and then we're down to the final four of McIntyre, Rhodes, Punk, and Gunther. We got a good sequence where uh, Gunther and McIntyre are basically chopping the hell out of Cody and Punk to impress one another, uh, but then uh, McIntyre is talking too much shit as he tries to eliminate Punk and Punk reverses and eliminates him. Gunther looks like he's on the verge of eliminating uh, Cody, but then Cody reverses that and he eliminates uh, Gunther. So we're down to Cody and Punk. This leads to the two men slugging it out on their knees. They both uh, go for finishers, but they're broken up. We get the uh, bionic elbow by Cody. Crossroads is broken up again. Punk can't toss uh, Cody from the from the matchup. But Punk starts getting cocky, starts pointing at the sign. He walks right into a fucking crossroads. Cody can't follow up, though. We get a quick GTS, and both men are down. We get uh, Punk picking up Cody and then delivering a damn pedigree. Uh, McAfee on commentary says, if you know, you know. And he says, oh, I can't believe I just did that shit, says Punk. Punk uh, signals for the go to sleep. But then he just fucking telegraphs the finish by saying, I didn't come back to let Dusty's kid beat me, which means he was going to lose. So Cody reverses the go to sleep and just eliminates him. That fucking ending was shit. Can I do it? Like, I'm sorry. That was a shitty fucking ending. Like, that was so anti-comatic. I was like, what are we doing? I was like, you had Cody and Punk go eight minutes. And that was the most sluggish fucking portion of this fucking matchup. Like, yeah. Punk did not look good in this match. And I'm under the understanding that he did get hurt. Uh, did get, like, an arm injury, a slight arm injury that did, fucking uh, force. That, uh, did affect his performance in the matchup but cody wins he becomes the first man in 26 years since stone cold steve austin won the 1998 royal rumble to win back-to-back royal rumble matches we get him doing the two sweet and guns up that he did last year after winning his first royal rumble matchup but most importantly he turns around points up to the uh press box where we saw when it when it got down to the final eight we saw in the press box that Seth Rollins was watching as well as Roman Reigns. And I, I wish that we would have got a camera shot of Seth Rollins, not realizing that nobody cares about his secondary title. Uh, but Cody points up to Roman Reigns. I love the Roman's reaction, looking pissed as uh, Cody talked trash because he's coming to finish his story at WrestleMania 4. I like the results. I like them WWE really saying, nope, we're finishing the story, guys. We're, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this, giving us the firm answer with the finish of this matchup. But this whole men's Royal Rumble, fucking disappointing, honestly. Like, I thought this would be an all-timer. And it just never got to that level at all. Three stars. I say the women's Royal Rumble was much better than this. Despite despite all my criticism about the Women's Royal Rumble, it was better than this shit. This shit, like the Women's Royal Rumble, was up and down. It had a good, good, uh, fi- a good opening stretch, slog of a fucking middle with nobody being over, and then it had a really hot finish. This shit was just con- consistently mid the whole way. Yeah. Stat King, what did you think? Oh, uh, I forgot to mention this in the women's rumble. So, but then the R Truth stuff reminded me of it. Uh, 
I, I really enjoyed Piper Nibbon and Chelsea Green. And Chelsea continually get it. Chelsea was great. <laughs> Chelsea was great. When, when she kept getting in the middle of Piper and Naya, that was that was a good spot. And our truth shenanigans reminded me about that. Uh, but this, this, I thought it was, yeah, it's just something about this felt off. And I think it was the idea that despite how well WWE may or may not have built up individual stories within the, the field, it really only felt like it was going to come down to two people either Cody or Punk. So it was hard to kind of get behind a lot of the individuals. Now, I, from what I understand, Drew had one of the better builds towards the Rumble. So I think if they had brought him a little bit closer to the middle section, it would have made a little bit more sense instead of having him so close to the end because you're, having, you're getting the ability to have him battling with Cody, who comes in at 15, throughout the course of that back half of the match. Um, he but, should have been in the first 10 so then he can go like I saw somebody saying in the chat then that goes along with this character of having a reason to complain about the Royal Rumble that you had bad luck and that's why you lost yeah um, but I, I think that the some of the some of the some of the spots were, were really good especially bronze time in the ring that was really great because he just I don't know what it is like if it's just that's just his personality how fast he fucking moves all the time but Man. he was hitting people so hard and so fast it just immediately ramped the energy up so I I enjoyed and to your point like you were saying he was only in there for 5 minutes it felt like much longer considering how much he was doing and maximizing his time uh I'm not mad about who who ended up winning the rumble? I think Cody made the most sense out of everybody involved. Like I said, it really came down to two guys, um, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Cody uh, be go go up against Roman. I appreciate that he he called him out immediately, uh, but definitely the women's rumble felt just more cohesive, if that makes sense, than than this one. This one felt a lot more just like we're just gonna have random people in and just mix it up a little bit more because if you're telling me that smackdown didn't have anybody after the, the the 14th spot like that's just mix it up a little bit more but i guess the idea there is maybe you know if if you're gonna have something for cody to do in between now and uh wrestlemania maybe somebody from that raw side is pissed that cody was the winner and decides to i don't know go after him or something like that but Besides that, I, I like I like the women's rumble way more. Ness, what did you think? Uh, I gave the men's rumble two and a half. Uh, outside of Andrade returning, um, the potential um, matchup that he'll have against Santos, you know, with everything going on with the LWO and um, and Legato. Outside of that, it just it was just flat. You know, there really wasn't a lot of you know, um, surprise entrance. Um, the excitement really wasn't there for it. Uh, like you said, after Cody Rhodes is just raw talent after that, like literally <laughs> the brand of Monday Night Raw, it was just them. You know, I feel like they could have put a little, they could have put more SmackDown talent on the show. Um, not like that would have helped. Uh, so, so for me, usually... I get kind of tired of them bringing back the legends because I feel like that could have been a spot for some a, a, a current talent. And then I get that. And then I'm like, well, this shit is boring. 
Like, what the fuck? Man? These, like, <laughs> these, motherfuckers, these guys are over. Like, I'm not excited to see a majority of them. Um, like, it, like, the, like, the last, like, like five or six people. Um, the Miz coming out at 25. I'm like, I, I expect Miz to be in the Royal Rumble, but him coming out that late, I'm just like, all right, this doesn't really do anything. Um, Punk, okay. Drew, okay. Ricochet, really? Like, I'm, I know I like Ricochet, but like at that point of the match, I'm just like, uh, no. The only thing I can say that I really like or really was a big fan of from both Royal Rumbles is they they got rid of the fucking, or, well, not so much Kyrie Sane because she did try to do a save, which was, you know, pretty decent. But the whole like Kofi thing, I'm glad they didn't even try that shit. Hang it up. It's old. Like, let's, let's just stop it. I'm glad they did that. Let's not try to attempt it with somebody else or anything like that. He's had a good run. Let's just retire that, put it in, you know, the history books. Let that be the end of that. Um, the the final two being obviously they, there was no other choices but for Cody and Punk, um, you know, to be the last two. I'm still on the I know Cody's gonna finish his story. I still feel as though. There could have been any. I'm still under the premise that I wanted Jay Uso to be that person, but you know, obviously, it's not going to be that. Um, I don't have a problem with Cody um, going on to continue his story. I just hope, which I don't think they would be dumb enough to do this, but we have seen worse with this company. For him to do this over again and to lose again would be terrible. But I have a little bit more faith in 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 the common sense with uh the booking on that on that aspect of it but um overall two and a half it 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 really didn't hit for me like i expected the royal rumble is my favorite um pay-per-view ple whatever you want to call it that's my this my favorite this my favorite one and that's this this just didn't do it for me i'm kind of disappointed i was kind of disappointed um i'm gonna say overall because like i said i said i had mixed feelings about it but it, it didn't hit like I was expecting it to, and I was um, like I wanted it to, but yeah, it just was like, uh, like, eh. Yeah, uh, we got Romeo on the chat that the crowd was nervous. I wouldn't say they were dead. There was tension in the air. The majority really wanted Cody to win and not get grandstand at Mania. Definitely, you got the feeling that the crowd wanted Cody to win, but that literally came after Punk begged them to boo him. Like literally yeah, punk yeah. punk like like literally did everything he could to get a react. That's why he did the pedigree. Like yeah, like yeah. That, that came out after the show that he did the pedigree because the crowd was dead. Like you could you could you can try to come up with a different adjective for it. That that what the in the business they call that dead, nervous, tension in the air. No, they were dead. He's trying to save a crowd. I know, I was like, <laughs> like it's like, let's just focus on the positive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was dead. That's, uh, <laughs> that's Romeo in a nutshell when it comes to WWE. <laughs> Thanking. Uh, what did you think about all of this? I already, already won. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Josh. Um, the right guy won. That's all I'll say. <laughs> that's all you got? No, nah, that's plan. Uh, <laughs> for me. Me personally, uh, I thought the men's Royal Rumble uh, kind of felt like it had a better pace. I'm not saying that it was better. I just felt like it had a better pace. Um, but I also did 
acknowledge that they had less surprises, so that kind of just dampered a lot of the Royal Rumble. Uh, even number 30, Sami Zayn. Yeah, it was cool to see him, but you should have seen like my reaction with me and Wendy. I was just like, yeah, I'm like, it's cool to see him. Like, it's great to see him, but I'm like, yeah, that shit was flat. I was like, Ugh. like, yeah, I guess. I think I was more relieved that this this idiot BWE was wrong because I don't know what he was going on about uh, fooling them, them people about like the whole MJF rumor, which I knew was bullshit. I knew, I knew it was crocky shit, but it's just the fact that you put that news out there and then you make a statement like that, like, oh, it's going to hit like crack. I'm like, uh, this is garbage. And this is why I've Only never heard of this really person. Only if you a really big Cody fan did that ending hit like crack. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, and um, I mean, I'm a Cody fan. It didn't hit like crack, but I was happy that Cody won. But it's just, it's just like, um, okay, like, I mean, I never believed it in the first place, but the fact that people just like ran with it, it was just like, guys, like, what are we doing? I was like, I've never heard of this idiot. So why are you, are you even taking anything serious from this person? Uh, but yeah, it was just more like there wasn't the lack of surprises. Um, what I also was a little surprised with was what I was also surprised with was that, um, I thought some of the guys from the Fatal Four would show up in the match. Like I thought, like LA Knight would do a yeah, double too. duty. None of them did. So I, I thought, thought that kind of hurt the match the too. Card. I thought that's why yeah. they were the second match. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, and I thought that's that's what was gonna happen at least, like with Warren or LA Knight or both of them. Um, Styles, I really didn't care about, and that's kind of sad. That I have to say that about Eddie Styles because he's one of my favorites, but. Um, yeah, I thought that really did hurt it. Um, but I mean, the right person won. You could tell the crowd reaction. It was just um, that last sequence, it kind of gave me Bautista vibes. Like when people were behind Cody and you could hear like slowly, the crowd did not want Punk to win. Like nah, it was just like it was kind of obvious. Yeah, they did not want him to win. And it was just like that's what that was, that was the vibes that it gave me. Um, but you know, I'm also just glad I'm not fucking seeing the rocks in, in WrestleMania. I don't want to see a rock match. And I think that's what I was more relieved with. I don't want to see him at WrestleMania. Uh, and this guaranteed, I'm like, Ooh, thank God, unless he still finds a way to grandstand, who knows? But at least right, as of right now, we're not getting that. So disappointed in Josh right now. Like we should be praising <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson for being a giving executive. He is a long gamer <laughs> and a long giver, and he is giving from Cody Rhodes his second. I'm gonna say this. I'm going to say this the nicest way. Fuck Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> He's a long gamer and a long giver. Uh, we got. Uh, Romeo in the chat say, I love Seth and Roman in in the boxes watching on, and Cody's calling his shot immediately. Yes, Roman's reaction like, was great. Seth, you're just here. You're just here to pretend you're on the same level as Roman. Two, two, two yeah. things. One, I think that would have been cooler if they had, but like, as before the match started, showed them in the boxes. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, and this was for both of the Rumbles, I really, and I don't know if they did this last year, but like I really liked them from time to time showing the times. Uh, 
Yes, that's something new. They that just was added really that cool. this year. That was I noticed cool. that too. Yeah, I noticed that too. But then also, what was weird too, because the women's match, they just had the women watch the fucking screen. They had the, the two men on the skyboxes like, oh, all right. I, I see where this is going. Yes. And, you know, uh, one thing I am disappointed because I didn't hear a lot of people, you know, two people, people too busy trying to attack, you know, female uh, journalists in the press conference. But and mad about the Triple H questions and stuff. But I am mad that no one in the press conference, this this press conference was mostly fucking kayfabe questions anyway. Why did no one ask Bailey? Wasn't it weird that EO and none of Damage Control came out and celebrated with you? Like, that question was never even broached. Not even close. I was like, that's like the number one question I would have asked if I'm in that room. Like, not only that, EO looked upset. She looked noticeably not pleased when Bailey won. Like, like, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go and ask questions about storylines, that's a big element that, of course, is gonna play out in the weeks to come. Uh, but yes, let's talk. Uh, let's uh, finish things up. Final call for super chat donations. You guys have been so great with those super chat donations throughout this stream, so we appreciate that. Show a little bit more support before we head on out of here. We do have a comment. I went to the future here. Uh, Baron, uh, Big Man Dog saying, also, Karrion Cross is the evil of WWE now, not solo. No, you need to get a reaction. Like evil, evil. The reason why we call him Solo evil is that Solo gets a reaction, but it's like get the fuck out of here. And that's what New Japan gives to evil. They're like, it's like Boo's like, Boo, we don't want you here. Boo, Karrion Cross is like, oh, there's stuff going on in the ring. I oh, forgot you even worked I, here. <laughs> here, like. I uh, like nah nah he's not evil. You gotta you gotta get a reaction to be evil. Sorry, sorry, let's go back to the drawing board here. Uh but let's <laughs> put our thumbs in the middle for WWE Roar Rumble 2024. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle in three, two, one. Thumbs in the middle from three of us, thumbs down from or uh, no, two thumbs down, two thumbs in the middle. Out of ten, what did you give the show, Ness? Uh, five and a half, six. I'll go with six. I'll Nick, a six. Yeah, I was like, you better be a six because five and a half is thumbs down. Yeah, I give him a six. Yeah, six. Six, uh, six for you too, Stat King, Josh. Five and a half. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. And like, like, yo, and I, I tried to like separate the show and the press conference, but like that presser did not make anything better for me. Like, like, like I was already skeptical about my feelings on this show after the show ended. And then I watched Triple H in that press conference and it was just like, damn, this is an all time bad night of the Triple H era. This is the first like legitimately bad night all around from the Triple H era. It was not a good show. And then the press conference was even worse. Uh, we got in the chat, Drug Delaney saying 4.5 out of 10. Safet says 6 out of 10. Uh, we got thumbs in the middle from Safet. We got Romeo who says The Rock is going to save Cody's day, taking out Solo. Absolutely. You know it. Yes. Uh, we got Frantic World says thumbs down for the media scrum. LVP to Triple H. He was moonwalking like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, 
uh, keep sounding off with your ratings. Give us your match of the night, MVP and LVP as well. Ness, who was what was your match of the night? Oh, Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. <laughs> Josh. Paul. Uh, match of the night. Um, I guess by default, uh, Logan Paul versus KO. I guess that's yeah. Uh, stacking. I'm gonna go Logan Paul versus KO as well. Just I'm gonna. Sad. I'm gonna go with the women's Royal Rumble. I think the women's Royal Rumble definitely the highs were much better than anything else on this show. It felt like the show really fell off a fucking cliff, and the crowd never responded after after uh, after the women's Royal Rumble matchup. Uh, who was your MVP for the show, Stacking? Our uh, truth and Chelsea Green. Fair, <laughs> very fair, Josh. Uh, MVPs. Uh, Jordan Grace, uh, Jay Cargill. Uh, Ness? Yeah, I, I have a couple. Um, definitely want to give it to Chelsea Green for her selling during, you know, that that low portion of the women's rubble because she definitely kept me interested just for her. Um, definitely Jordan Grace, um, Naomi for returning um, and, you know, getting put over for the work <laughs> that she did outside of the company. Um Cody for winning the Rumble, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, mainly for the ladies, and then Cody for winning. That's fair. I am going to go my MVPs, co MVPs to Jay Cargill, Jordan Grace, Bailey, and Cody Rhodes. Those are my my MVPs, the two winners, and the two people that I thought were the best uh, in either. Rumble matchup. Those are my MVPs for the show. LVP stacking. Uh, shit, I'm not sure to be honest with you. I'll probably go. You say you're not sure. LVP. I, uh, yeah, I'm. I've got my. I got mine. Yeah, everybody, everybody, I think everybody, the rest of them got a heart. <laughs> I, I already know who mine is. I will let you guys go go first. Um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, oh well, okay. Hunter, Hunter, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at just, I'm looking because, at just the no, show. No, 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 no. Even yeah, the show. We had a lot going into this show, and they did not <laughs> deliver. So you failed as a booker, the face of the company, the CCO. You are the fucking loser. Hey you man, are I, don't, I don't know anything about the build, so I, I don't know how well it, it was built. Josh, I mean, I mean, John, you said it was a decent show at the beginning of the show. And yeah. then throughout this show, you have we've have very clearly acknowledged there was a lot of faults to the show. Do you still think it was a decent show? Yeah, I mean, I gave it. A no, second. I'm sorry, bro. Like, no, no, no. You, when you do that, no. I've known you for All like right, twenty years, bro. I've known you for like, like twenty <laughs> years, bro. That don't that, that that means that you're not really sure about that decent answer anymore. But you're a lawyer, and you'll stand by what your original answer was. That's I'm standing by my original answer. It was decent. <laughs> Uh, this was not uh not the, the like Triple H has raised the bar on expectations and then went below that bar on this show. I'm a, I I look at the LVP from I, I never I don't usually do it for the Booker so like I'm looking at like what the on screen stuff is and for me I I guess my LVP would 
not be Hunter, but I can I can see the argument for it. So who's your LVP? I'm I, I want to go with the the guy who jumped the rail to help out Logan Paul, but all but also he survived longer than a real fan would if he had jumped the rail. So you can't really get LVP for that. Um, I'm gonna go with probably Ricochet for ha- Ricochet or carrying Cross for having absolutely no reaction when they came out. That is fair. Seems like Maxine Dupree is the other popular oh, answer in the yeah. chat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who you got? Um, everybody in that four, fatal four way match. Also fair. Also fair. Uh, and Ness. Uh, Maxine Dupree definitely. Um, she needs to. I don't know what she needs to do, but it ain't being a wrestling ring consistently. Um, and also, just for the sake of kayfabe, I'll say Kevin Owens for getting caught with the because you had it, like you had the win. All you had to do is just get rid of the brass knucks, and you forgot to do that. This guy's been a heel for how long? and didn't know how to cheat, how to hold the apparently not the referencing the brass knuckles. Apparently not. Triple H, you had one job, man. That's it, man. Yeah, like don't let don't let these people fool you. Triple H is the real LVP of the show. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I am, I am veto. I am I am expressing my veto power. Oh, yeah, him too. Him too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I I'm, I'm expressing my you. veto power. Triple H deserves LV. I give how many LVPs I've given to Tony Khan. I'm not gonna sit up here and try to not not give like no, like this is this is my real issue. All y'all motherfuckers are acting like y'all Triple H's bodyguard. Like this nigga can't do nothing. No, 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 I'm talking to I'm talking, I'm talking to the people out there. I'm talking to the people out there who are like trying to make excuses. Oh, he was in a lose-lose situation. Oh, I feel bad for the guy. What the fuck are y'all talking about? This mate, this nigga has financially benefited off of the horrible and horrific behavior of Vince McMahon for the past 30 fucking years. And y'all expect me to feel some sympathy for this motherfucker? Huh? He wasn't even supposed to be here. You're not even supposed to be here. You you talked yourself into a storyline with his daughter, and then just tried to slide the dick inside of her behind his back. What the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> Thank you, Prince. I need to see Prince's face to calm down. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is uh, that is gonna bring the, us to the end of our review here, Josh. Thank you so much. You joined us yesterday on the flagship. Join us today on the review. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media. Oh, uh, you can follow me, JM Punk321, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and every Wednesdays for Elite Heat for our watch alongs on Dynamite. Oh, and Prince. And Prince. Follow Prince at, at Prince.com. Uh <laughs> <laughs> King, let the people know. Uh, you guys can catch me here on our True Hill Heat Patreon channel doing a review of Honor, uh, covering everything that's important that happens on Ring of Honor. And you guys can catch me on the sports channel. I'm pretty sure we're going to be having uh, the, some, some watch-alongs for the two conference championship games today, so catch us over there for sure. I don't like your shirt. Ness, you're next up. I, I was supporting, supporting Josh. I get it. <laughs> you guys can follow me at skinny underscore underscore Kravitz on uh X Instagram social media. Um I will finally be returning to the now used to be um 
Blunt Impact, but now since TNA changed back to TNA, uh, total nonstop blunts myself, Chris G. Thursday, we go live watching TNA wrestling. Make sure you come and join us. Twitch.tv forward slash True Hill Heat Gaming. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat, Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat, ProWrestlingTees.com, ForYourWear.com, where you can get our merchandise and check out all the great content we got on the channel right now, like the flagship podcast from yesterday, True Hill Heat 261, talking about this man stepping down from WWE, the allegations against himself, Brock Lesnar, John Aronitis. At Netflix, WWE Raw on there, The Rock to TKO. There was so much news, so go over and check that out. Check out the watch party from last night where Romeo and the gang, Ness, Josh was there, Stat King was there for a bit. I wasn't as well. there. Oh, I wasn't I will. There. You, well, your, your, <laughs> missus, your better half was there. The better half of you was there. But uh, yes, <laughs> no, she wasn't there either. Oh, I would have sworn. No, somebody was there. But okay. Um, <laughs> Chrissy was there. Top Guy JJ was there. So check there it out. Drop the thumbs up on the video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. And sound off in the comments down below. Let us know what you thought about WWE Roar Rumble 2024. But for Stat King, for Ness, for the True Jaw Josh, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been WWE Royal Rumble 2024 Review. We are signing off until next time.